Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. What the hell are you doing here? From the streets of Union City to your nighttime radio, Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. Seven till eleven, live local and live. Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live local and live. Call him at 1 800 283 101.5. Can you believe it is Monday night in New Jersey already? Where did the time go? It's like you go home. On Friday, or I go home on Thursday night, and suddenly it's like you hit fast forward, and you're back to Monday. Right? What's up with that, Steve Trevelis? But if we have to have a Monday, I'm glad we're spending it together. You and me at 11 o'clock at night, talking all things Jersey. So much to talk about tonight. Uh, you won't believe what's happening in Deptford with people who criticize the Little League umpires, and I love this idea, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, we got to talk about, uh, you want to be buried with your pet? Do you know there's an actual law about that in New Jersey? First of all, do you want to actually be buried with your pet? And I'm not talking about taking him in there alive. I'm talking about, like, you know, the pet dies. You don't want to, you know, leave him. I don't know. Uh, We'll get to that. Uh, Bet Bath and Bankrupt. I heard uh, Jeff and Bill talking about all the places that we remember that are no longer there. But I want to start off with is something else that a lot of people remember that is no longer there. And in my house, I fight to keep it. And it's not easy. Um, Family dinner. You know? You watch Blue Bloods. You watch uh, Bob O'Brien saluting behind Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck in the promo, right? That's When you watch the promo for Tom Selleck and all the cops behind him is saluting, that's Bob O'Brien on the right, by the way. But, uh, you know, the whole idea of Blue Bloods, part of the deal is that they have to do a family dinner scene. At the table uh, in every episode. And the reason this story behind that, if you watch the show, is that when the um, great-grandparents had migrated over from Ireland, they didn't have enough food, but there would always be one day when the family would be able to sit down and eat together, and that was Sunday. And they'd all come, all the Reagans would come from all over the place. Now, I, I love that idea. I try to keep that idea in my house. My wife and I try to keep that idea in our house. My kids, not exactly on board with that idea. My kids come, they sit at the table for, for as long as they have to, tapping their hands, looking at each other, look at the watch, right? Can we be excused? Can we be excused? You know, but I believe in family dinner. And I'm wondering if you believe in family dinner. Because, you know, my son's 16 years old now. You only have, you know, there's, there's a clock on this. In every part of your life, there's a clock on it. There's a clock on how long you're going to be living the way you are right now. You know, at this age, at this, at, at this job, at this time, at this whatever. You know, so in every minute, you want to squeeze. You want to squeeze every memory. And uh, my wife tonight, uh, I should have seen what she was doing. But my wife, you know, that we have this thing on our, refriger- on our refrigerator. And years ago... Uh, my brother-in-law had given this to my mother-in-law because my wife grew up with family dinner. I grew up with family dinner. Every night at 5 o'clock, you had to be at the table 
God forbid you were there at 501, you needed a doctor's note. Uh, five, if you didn't, at 502, you'd need a, doc, you'd need a doctor's note. But, um, you know, family dinner was a big deal. This show is patterned after, fam, after family dinner. Because when you got done eating, you went back outside, 7 o'clock, you gather at 17th Street Park, and here we are. Uh, but this is, this is something. And I, they gave me this um, as a Father's Day present. Knowing I was pushing for family dinner. And the first time I read it, I got emotional. So I'm going to read it to you now. My wife wanted to read it tonight. I'm going to read it to you now. Uh, It says, a son remembers. And this was from my brother-in-law to my mother-in-law. It's just a kitchen table, much worse for years of wear. With memories in each scratch and stain from all that happened there. The paint that would never come off, a scissor nick or two. The dent where something heavy dropped, a bump of dried up glue. The scorch left by a cookie sheet, the surface worn and faded, with hands where hands were held and elbows propped and countless stories traded. It doesn't show the teardrops, it has no voice to tell. The secrets shared, the joys revealed, but those are there as well. Around that kitchen table, life was happy and secure, and my heart will feel that love as long as memories endure. So, 1-800-283-101.5. My question to you, uh, and I know that the world is different now. People don't always eat together. Do you have family dinner in your house where you and either your parents or your children all come together for one meal every day? And how important is it to you to do it? You know, or, or do you not have family dinner? You know, how, how do you eat at night? Do you eat by yourself? Do you eat in front of the TV? Do, uh, does the family eat in front of the TV? You have the, you have the, you know, you eat at the coffee. We have that coffee table in our uh, living room that like half of it just kind of folds up and you could make it your table. But do you have family dinner in your house? Did you have family dinner when you were growing up? And if, you know, how do you feel about the idea of family dinner? Now, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, as Rocky would say. You know, there are a lot of family dinners that did not go well for me. Family dinner was also a reading, a reading of my transgressions of the day from my mother to my father. You know, which, which kind of made me want to eat a little faster and a little more nimble, a flight of foot. But uh, 1-800-283-101.5. I heard Dennis and Judy talking about this today, and it stuck a chord with me. Because I always... I try, well, you know, we prepare the meal, you set the, t- I set the table, uh, you know, you try to get what everybody likes, you try to get something that's going to like, wow, my family, and you sit them down, and my wife, well, you know, the same thing, you know, we, uh, we find a different way to eat chicken every night, seems like I kid, but 1-800-283-101.5, how do you feel about family dinner, and how many nights a week, if any, do you have a family dinner? Or do you only do it on the weekends? Like there are people who will do it on the weekends or in your extended family. How often other than holidays do you get together with your extended family and have a meal? Like, uh, like when you watch Blue Bloods, the Reagans every Sunday, they all come back and they sit around the table and they talk. And how often do you talk at the family dinner? That's another thing. You know, my sons are at the age now where, you know, they've mastered the one-word answer. My son wants to be a quarterback on his high school football team. He said, what are you going to do in a post-game interview? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Well, you know, I say, come on, talk. Talk to your father. Let me know what's going on. What's going on in your world? You know, and I get that, you know. You kind of got to pry it out of them. But how often do you have family dinner? And, you know, how do you feel about it? Do you enjoy the family dinner or is it just something that, you know what, we're not going to do this? Or is there one day a week that you do it? 1-800-283-101.5. Jane, I'm going to give you more time. So either A, you know, do you have family dinner every night? Do you miss family dinner? Do you wish you had family dinner? Because the cool thing about family dinner, first of all, you got food in front of you. Secondly, you've got your family around you. It's a great time to bond. It's a great time to open up, to feel the security of your family, to have those memories that one day you're going to look back on and wish you could get one more meal, you know? Like I said, you know, everything everything is temporary. Every every state of your life, this is the way it is right now. It's not going to be this way maybe next week, tomorrow, next year, whatever. So you want to squeeze everything out of it. And when it comes to family dinner, where are you in that? 1-800-283-101.5. I'm Steve Trevelis. How often, if at all, do you have family dinner at your house? Here's Fast Traffic. Minutes on New Jersey, 101.5. Steve Trevelis. Nobody get through is 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, did you eat tonight? Did you eat? Who'd you eat with? Did you eat with your family? Did you eat by yourself? Did you eat with your friends? How do you feel about the family dinner concept? Is it something that is alive and well and living in New Jersey? Or is it something that the family stays as far away from as possible? And if so, what does that say about the family? Jane is in North Branch on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Jane. Hi, how you doing? Good, how about you? Really great, thanks. I love this weather we're having. Oh, finally, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Getting to the nice thing. I'm like, oh, God. Looking good. We used to have family dinners and um when i was growing up i didn't appreciate them as much because you were like oh wow you know you all have to be at the same place at the same Mm -hmm. time and my mother and father had this thing that every sunday the whole immediate family had to be there everybody and the only excuse they would take is you were in the hospital this or this or something (laughs) where you couldn't but you had to be there. And they used to say to us all the time, it's only an hour or two of your day. Right. You come, and when you're done, you could do whatever you want. And as I'm older now, um, you know, I, I became a mom, and with the sports and everything, you try to get together, but with kids going here and there, you don't. But I really miss it. Yeah. I think it brought it brought the family together, and you actually felt part of something. That's and the main back, thing. Uh-huh. I loved it. <laughs> I wish I could have it again. You felt like you were part of something. You know, you, when you're a kid, you're born into a family, and you rely on your family, and your family takes care of you. And then you get away from that, and the last place you want to be is around your family. And I know, like, as a kid, yeah. you don't want to be around, you know, you don't want to do family dinner. And now, like, as a parent, I'm like, well, why don't they want to do family dinner? What, what is it? You know, what, what is it about us that they don't want to, like, eat with us? <laughs> What's the problem? And you got to, like, cry. <laughs> I, you got to reach down their throat to get conversation about anything. I know, and I, I feel bad about this generation because it's like, 
there's no togetherness anymore. And I think you need that. Yeah. And like I said, with everything in life, you don't really appreciate it till it's gone. And then you see it in a whole different uh, perspective and you're like, why didn't I think this way back then? <laughs> yeah. And, then, and you know what? There are times like when you could actually remember stuff that you talked about at the table. You know, stuff that, oh, you know, yeah. or, or just, you know, ma- things you learned about each other at the uh-huh. table. Or even most of your funny stories, most of your best memories come around sharing a meal. Right? Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, I, I just love it. And I think it's something we have to try to get back to. I mean, not, maybe not the way it was in the past, but everybody being here and there and everywhere. I, I think you need that time just to be yourself. And maybe after a while, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> you know, because it's such a change from what's going on now. Yeah, I'm with you, Jane. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Look at this. Not one call for family dinner. Ryan, come in here. Come in. I don't get this. I mean, what are, you, how come, are we not eating family dinner anymore? Call and tell me you don't like the idea of family dinner. Call and tell me <laughs> I don't want to be anywhere near my family when I'm eating because I enjoy my meal and they make it taste like that. <laughs> come on. There's more food if it's just me eating. Yeah, really. That's a good one. There's more food. Now, do you, do you have family dinner? Did you grow up with the family dinner? Um, so currently, I since I don't live with my family. Right, but when I you did. I, but when I did. Um, we would have it probably every, at least every weeknight. Um, and every I mean, weeknight, family every, dinner. Yeah, everybody gathers around and you talk about the events of the day. Yeah, how was your day? What how, what was you, what was at school? You know, oh, like update on the sports or on the test or whatever. Um, and you know, it was it was a chance, like I, I guess, to have like a good conversation with people who you know you're otherwise just really passing by really quick. You know, mm-hmm. go get the phones. See, this is the thing. This is the thing, right? It's a tradition that I think should continue. And if it's not continuing, I love I love the somebody tell me why they're not doing the family dinner. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. And like I said, you know, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Sometimes you have a lot of laughs, you have a lot of fun. If you did something wrong that day, which was usually me, <laughs> family dinner wasn't always the place you wanted to be. Uh, I, I made sure I sat on the left side of my father because I knew he was right-handed. But I mean, you know, how about it? one 800 If you, you know, do you have family dinner? If you grew up with family dinner, did you pass the tradition along? Do you keep it going? Robert is in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Robert. Hey, hi. Uh, just to reinforce your point, remember the show The Waltons? Yeah. Almost every show was centered around the dinner table. What happened to the family dinner? Especially here where we got the best food. We got we got people, who, moms who love to, um, dads and moms who love to cook, right? And we have the best food we could send out. What happier time to gather everybody you love around a table and yeah. share a meal? But I'm, I'm sure you remember the Walton show. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Everything, right, Robert, was right. Around, everything was centered around the dinner table. And that's the way it should be. That, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Andy Griffith, right? I mean, all the old shows, you know, most of the conversation. Two and a half men took a place around, around the kitchen table. You know, in, in most sitcoms, it centers around the kitchen table. And usually they're eating, and usually it's family dinner. Now, you got to go back to the 50s. Casey is in Beechwood on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Casey. Hi, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good. So every Sunday, my parents still have Sunday dinner. Right. Um, and it's, 
I mean, our immediate family is kind of big, so it's always 15 to 20 people nice. every Sunday. And even when I was younger, Sunday dinners were always huge. But even during the week, dinners were big. It was the one time that you could spare for 30, 40 minutes and just sit. And and, and be with your, your family. family. Yeah. yeah. Now, now looking back, how you feel about it? Uh, you know what? I feel great about it. My first serious boyfriend that I ever had, mm-hmm. I remember going to his house and it was dinner time. And I remember they said, oh, you're the guest you eat first. So I went and I made a plate and I just went and sat at the table and they were like, is that where you're eating? <laughs> yeah. I know. And they all took their plates to a different room. Can you believe it? And it was the weirdest thing to me. Mm-hmm. And then... I just kept doing that. Like, I just wasn't used to sitting on a different... And then eventually, they would all kind of sit down with me. Mm-hmm. But then it was only when I was there. You and see? that was what he said. He said, I love that your family sits down together every night. I was like, y- yeah. Like, it's, I, I, it's weird to me. Yeah, it's a tradition that needs to keep going. And I'm glad you're keeping it going. Casey, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. So did the Robesons have family dinner? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Family di- dinner every night. Yeah. I don't care what what's the deal. My my kids, you you gotta you gotta beg them to come to the table. <laughs> they yeah. they looking at the watch. They can't wait to get away. Right, right. Well, and I even struggle with little ones just to keep them. It's like they want to be mobile. They don't want to sit down. Talk about your day. Are you kidding me? That's that's the last thing they want to do. Your best so. memories of your family come around family dinner. Your your immediate family, your extended family. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that in like big gatherings, like holidays at the house, around the table. Like that's what it was surrounded around. Yeah, and my grandmother gave birth to 15 children. Oof. Right? Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Carson was a nightlight in my house. <laughs> the, the kitchen, the dining room table went down the stairs, up the block, made a laugh. <laughs> right. But family dinner, are you having it? I got room for you on 800-283-101.5. Eddie, hold on. It's 730. 15 minutes on New Jersey, 101.5. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. Thursday night, I'm taking off for the NFL draft. Eric Potts will be here. We did a great show Saturday night at Polish American Club at White House Station. Such a great time. Joe and uh, and Harold and everybody. Oh, my God. Uh, Vince August is another level as a comedian. I heavily suggest you go see him. Uh, he was a municipal court judge who um, now uh, is a stand-up comic. He had to choose. He chose comedy. He toured with Trevor Noah. He warms up on The Daily Show. He is hysterical, as is Eric Potts. But we're talking about family dinner right now. You know, the, and uh, do you still have it? Edie is in Red Bank on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Edie. Hi. How Hi. are you? Good. How are you? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I just came back from Florida last Tuesday, and I brought COVID with me. Oh, so. yeah. You, you, you know, couldn't, you, couldn't they stop that on the customs on the plane, right? They got that through everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my kitchen. I have cabin fever because I'm quarantined, and I thought, oh, I could call the radio station. You can. <laughs> and look what we're talking about, right? Probably at Edie Staple, family it. dinner. I grew up with family dinner and, um, you know, something, the baton is being passed on. My eldest grandson just got engaged very recently. Congratulations. Loves to cook. He loves to cook. Right. And he, um, 
He stopped by with some um, soup for me yesterday. He's so uh-huh. good. Nice. And um, he said, Grandma, I love the recipes you, you mailed me because we were in Barcelona when he was 14. Uh-huh. And I took him to a cooking school. Um, and we shopped with the chef. And he and a bunch of other teenagers cooked this beautiful meal. And I saved all the recipes and I mailed, I came across them a few weeks ago when I was in Florida. So I mailed it to him. So he says, I'm so excited. We're going to make the meal. That's great. The baton is being passed on and I'm so happy for it. Absolutely. Edie, thanks for calling. Feel better. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. I, is the tradition of family dinner. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm comforted by this poll I put up. How often do you have dinner with your family? At least five nights a week, 62%. Eh? Maybe once a week, 27%. Holidays, 4.2%. Not at all, 5.9%. And we got 51 votes so far. I put it up in the last break. But where are you on this? one 800 283 101.5. Is family dinner a normalcy in your house? Does everybody gather around 5, 6, 7 o'clock, whatever, for the evening meal and everybody eats together and you put, you know, you put a nice meal in front of them, uh, whoever cooks it, and you enjoy the food and you talk about your day and you maybe you talk about things where you challenge each other in conversation. I mean, it's kind of hard, you know, because no matter what, you don't want to talk about your day, right? How'd it go? Eh, nothing much. You know, what's new? Eh, nothing much. You have a good day? Yeah, it was all right. You know, but you got to really, you know, with, with kids, you got to kind of reach in. And uh, fortunately, I'm lucky in that my sons and I are both uh, aficionados of the National Football League. So, you know, we could, we could talk for hours about football. Well, my wife has a little problem. We got to bring her into the conversation as well. But uh, a lot of people don't have the family dinner. Or the kids, they don't want to do the family dinner. Until later on, when they wish they could have done the family dinner. Darren is in Columbus on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Darren. Hello. How are you, my man? Good. How about you, buddy? I love your show, man. You're the man. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're the man. (laughs) Yeah, I wish. Uh, Real quick, uh, the one thing is, I I never heard anybody mention anything about saying grace. My mother always had to make sure that we got to say grace, and she would say, "All right, who's going to say it today?" Mm-hmm. Uh, God bless her; she passed away. But um, uh, it just—it's right now. It's just me, and my my brother, and my father. My brother moved away, right? And why why we don't really all get together is because as we've grown, I started a landscaping business. So by the time I'm done work, my brother works for NASA. He's you know in his able to house, you know. So that's why it really. But as as a family, there is a time where we get together. Yeah. Now, do you do it for the holidays? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, we that's we try to get the kids to say grace, and uh, they're, they're learning. I usually say it. I have like four Bible verses that I read. You know, I do that, and they're not going to remember all that. But I'm trying, but slowly but surely, my wife will do it. You know, and they're yeah. they're they're getting involved in it. You know, like they're 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 yeah. catching on. But, you know, the idea, you start with grace. And, not, you know, not everybody's Catholic. You know, people, some people start their meal the way they want to in other denominations or whatever. But still, the idea that everybody's together. And this is the time, because you know what? Like I said, you come into this world and your family's all you've got. And as you drift, you should always remember that you got to spend time with family. And you learn about each exactly. other. Exactly. And I tell you what, too, 
even even like on my lunch break or whatever with my partner stuff when when I would with my business and stuff. Right. Um, I would I, whatever I bought if we stopped at a Wawa or wherever, mm. whatever. I would still say grace to myself before I ate. There you go. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that it pays off for you, right? You didn't choke, so that's a good thing, right? You got through the meal. <laughs> no, but you know what? You know what? Absolutely. You know, if, if you know, you do you do what makes you feel comfortable, you know, and what yeah. makes you feel comfortable in your relationship with God. That's great. Damn it. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Got the Twitter poll up. How often do you have family dinner? Dinner with your family. Uh, the choices, uh, at least five nights a week, maybe once a week. Holidays, not at all. Follow me at Real Steve Trev. Attention, New Jersey. East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows is excited to announce the new 2023 New Jersey Economic Relief Program. For a limited time, when you hire East Coast, you'll get last year's pricing, no money or interest due for 12 months, and a rebate check when your project is completed. That's up to 19% in rebates. That's right. You can get paid to complete your project. This program is only available through East Coast Roofing, Siding, and Windows. As New Jersey's most trusted home improvement contractor since 1979, they've been proudly serving New Jersey's local communities and this is one more way that will give back so do what i did when i needed windows go to eastcoastroofing.com to schedule your free consultation don't wait to take advantage of the 2023 new jersey economic relief rebate program schedule that free consultation today at eastcoastroofing.com it's on new jersey 101.5 steve trevelis family dinner are you having it at your house did you have it tonight do you sit at the table you and your family and talk about the day's events over a nice meal maybe prepared by you maybe you went out and got it 1-800-283-101.5 71 votes on the twitter poll how often you have dinner with your family at least five nights a week 60.6 percent maybe once a week that's 21 percent holidays 9.9 percent and uh not at all 8.5 percent i think at holidays like everybody be getting together with family on the holidays right lois is in rawway on new jersey 101.5 hey lois hey how are you good how are you i'm hanging in i'm hanging in i'm an old timer steve so mm. when i was younger dinner had to be all together weekdays absolutely you had no choice no, absolutely. My father. I'm a, I'm a, I come from a strict Italian family, so I would. Uh, I had no. I had no options. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. Right, and uh, and now it doesn't continue. I don't understand why. Yeah, yeah. And then on Sundays mm-hmm. we had to have family dinner at a grandmother's house, and that was always promptly at three p.m. Yeah, right. Mine was two o'clock. Sunday was okay. two o'clock. You had macaroni and roast chicken. That's that was Sunday. That's it. Macaroni in Newark at three p.m. Exactly, <laughs> and then followed by the roast chicken, and that was Sunday. And the rest That's of the right. week, five o'clock, you had to be there. But like, yep. do, do you miss it? Like, how do you feel about it looking back? I absolutely miss it. Oh my goodness! And now that I'm a, a, um, a step grandmom and this and that, and the kids are getting older. You know, we always try to do a Sunday, but it's never every week. Mm-hmm. So, and that's coming few and far between now. You know, now it's, you know, running here or there and grabbing a quick sandwich and that's about it. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the thing. And it's dinner. Like, do you, do your kids still have family dinner at their houses? Uh, probably around schedules, you know, that's yeah. what it is, you know. 
That you know what? It's sad. Yeah, I, you yeah. see it all the time. I, I fight to keep it. Like I, my son has a football practice on Monday nights, and we eat at five so that she, my wife, can take him at six to be there at seven to do. You yeah. know, but we try to make sure. As a matter of fact, there was one time when uh, my other son had a football practice, and we couldn't have what we did for family dinner. We actually met here at the radio station. And went into the conference room with food at six o'clock, so that we Good could have you. family. So that we could have family dinner. That's where you you bond. That's where they they get that time, even if they're just in the same room, not saying anything. But they get that time with their parents. Absolutely, it's so important. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you, they get that connection. Lois, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Yeah, like uh, Sundays. Sunday, for some reason, we all... Lunch was the big deal on Sundays, right? So it'd be like Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock. Sundays, we do 2 o'clock. And uh, like I said, the macaroni and the chicken. It was a big deal. What are we going to have tonight? You know, what are we making for dinner? And, uh, you know, now we don't do... I'll show you what a great parent I am. You know, growing up, you know, I would have to dry the dishes. Uh, that was my job. Take out the garbage. That was my job. I don't make my sons do that. All I ask him to do is sit and eat. You would think, you would think I'm chaining him to the chairs. You would think I got the prisoners of Zenda. Some nights they want to sit, they want to eat. Other nights, uh-huh. uh-huh. Can I be excused? Can I be excused? Can I be excused? What do you going to be excused? Someday you're going to miss this. 1-800-283-101.5. Do you miss it? If you don't do family dinner anymore, do you miss it? Do you wish you did? You know, um, family unit, you know, the immigrants, when our, you know, the grandparents came here. You know, Italian people was all about family. You know, in Italy, if you were to read history, basically in Italy, uh, southern Italy was basically taken over by northern Italy, who taxed the crap out of them for anything they did. So Southern Italy realized the only people you could trust were your family. And they stayed very, very together, very tight-knit, very family. Uh, come to this country, and the only people they trusted were each other. They trusted the family, la familia. And uh, didn't talk to anybody, which scared a lot of people here, which caused a lot of problems. Uh, but that's the Italian heritage. And it's all about family. And now as the generations, you know, continue, you see... Less and less family. You see more people coming apart. Now, granted, we all moved to different places. You know, it's not like you stayed in town. Everybody stayed in the city. Everybody's moved all over, sometimes all over the country. But at that time, you know, between now and the day my sons leave, and I told him, you stay as long as you want. But... There will be family dinner in the Trevelyse household. Have something to say on New Jersey 101.5? Speak your mind now at 800-283-1015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Trevelyse talking to you. 1-800-283-101.5. Monday night in New Jersey. We finished our family dinner. And now we're going to hang out till 11 o'clock and uh, discuss the topics of the day. Go to nj1015.com. I uh, friended someone on Facebook. I've got 5,000 Facebook friends. And I'm totally maxed out. And if I have not returned your friend request, it's only because I'm maxed out. 
We got to develop the fan page. We got to get like the fan page going and develop that. But uh, I am completely maxed out, which is I apologize. Uh, I'm not shunning you. I'm just, I just, every time I try to add somebody, they tell me you're at your limit. But I was, you know, every now and then people drop off. So I go and I check and I drop them in. And I added uh, Maria. And Maria's from Plainfield, and she painted these uh, five beautiful murals in Union City years ago. And nobody really did anything about it. So they were so beautiful. I said, we got to do something about it. So go to nj1015.com and check out how great these murals are uh, in Union City. They're at, uh, near the Bergen Line Avenue train, uh, train station. Uh, they're at the clock. Uh, I got the pictures up there for you at nj1015.com. And uh, also, uh, the, the best Chinese restaurants are there. I put that up there for you. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, oh, yeah. What drives us nuts driving in New Jersey. Because last week, Thursday night, we didn't know what the hell to talk about. And we just started talking about driving in New Jersey. Three hours of irritation about driving in New Jersey. So I put some of the best uh, things that drive us nuts up there. Bob is in Freehold on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Bob. Steve. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, I, I'm going to bring back a quick history. You got me on a cruise 10 years ago. And uh, your ma, your uh, wife, rather, uh -huh. had done my mother's last physical therapy. So I, I hope you remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was out in uh, Perth Amboy, right? <laughs> yes. I yes. remember that. That was a comedy show. Yes, yes, it was. And, and uh, God bless you. But uh, Thank you. Anyway, um, I just want to say that I'm horrified. I'm 62 in July, right. and I just took early retirement. And a lot of the uh, people that I worked with, uh, I'm divorced 23 years, but back then, my family dinner table and before I got married was tantamount, no matter what we were trying to do to get away from the dinner table. Uh -huh. And um, I, I was refreshing to hear you saying that the Trevelisse family, you still honor that. Oh, we're having family and dinner. We pray before dinner, too. We're having family. We do it, you know, and I get get it's a staple because especially now, 16, you know, it goes, they say it goes so fast. And you want to make as many memories as possible. But the best That's way to so bond with your kids. Gifts, right? Yeah, well, the best way to get you, right, the best way to get your kids together or to just have experience and have conversation and find out where their heads are at. Or even if you don't talk, at least they know that every day there's a place they can come to. And feel secure. Away from this insanity, and I'm trying to stay calm about all this insanity going on, this woke stuff and everything. But, uh, and, and I. Well, you got to balance them out, too. You know, if they come in, listen, I, I hear what you hear, and don't worry about it. I got you. This is okay. And so, I go here, to Mass. what's going on. I go to Mass every Sunday at St. Rose in uh, Freehold, and I think we're losing that, but that's, that's as much as I need to say. All right, one thing at a time, Bob. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, throwing it up there. How often do you have dinner with your family? Um, 100 votes. And of the 100 votes, 66% have dinner at least five nights a week, and 17% maybe once a week. Uh, 8% not at all, 9% on the holidays. I'm figuring, like, holidays probably one of those deals where it was an either-or. Because I got to imagine, if I said, do you have family dinner on the holidays and left it at that, it would be a pretty high 
number right here. Whether you like it or not, you go into your family's house for uh, the holiday meal. Sometimes my family, I always like the idea that, you know, uh, growing up, uh, I like the idea that I wish I could just, I could drive through where you pull up and they give you the meal. You toss in the presents and you go to the next window, they give you the meal. <laughs> Uh, I think with my old lady, my mother would be like, all right, I'm going to stay as long. I'm staying until she aggravates me. And 45 minutes later, oh, my God, where does the time go? Gee, I got to go. No, I can. Uh, Ryan Bissell. How's it going? Good. Um, so I didn't have to deal with this, but with my girlfriend, she had, both sides of her family are, are very Italian. Uh-huh. So when every holiday, she's like, oh, man, I got to go here in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we're going to go over there because she has like oh, a family, family meal. Oh, the family dinner. Yeah, right. family meal at both places, not just the dinner. It's like the meal on the holiday, too. Oh, yeah. Well, the good thing about the Italian family is that you're going to have a great meal. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Italian family dinner, a lot of thought goes into the Italian family dinner. Absolutely. No matter, no matter what day it is. And that's the thing, like, I usually do it. Like, I'll usually make the dinner or my wife will, you know, my wife will leave the ingredients out. A lot of times <laughs> I'll make the dinner. You do. Uh, oh, yeah, I do. I'm, I cook. What's your specialty? Aside oh, from Italian, obviously. Oh, name it. Uh, well, you know, like now, a sausage and peppers is good. Chicken Ooh. is good. You know, sure. Like, we eat a lot of chicken in the house. <laughs> a lot. We We're going to grow feathers. We eat so much chicken. My house. mom used to have a saying growing up, chicken, because somebody has to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> really. It would be the Trevelises. <laughs> but now, so you, so like now when you move back with your parents, mm-hmm. right, you're back home now. So do you guys do the family dinner every night or no? Nah? I think they still do. I think. Um, you're well, about to find out. Yeah, I'm about to find out. But I think my, my mom, dad, and, and my brother who still lives at home, I think they still uh, have family dinner together. So I'm kind of looking forward to that after eating yeah. by myself in my room at my, my desk with my nice heated up, you know, microwave meal. Now I can have, you know, something may, maybe not always that my mom makes. Maybe sometimes I'll make it or something. But, you know, it'll be nice to have like a real cooked meal instead, like with the family instead of a microwave thing by myself. And they're actually cooking the dinner for you. So it could be actually <laughs> like a hearty. Here's the, here's the other question I should throw out there as well. Do you, if you eat alone, do you eat in front of the TV or do you eat in front of the computer? So, I mean, at, at, for me with that one, like as I've gotten older, I almost feel like, I'm not like I need entertainment, but I need something to look at while I'm eating or like something to do, someone to talk to or a video to watch. Like, I feel like half the time I have my food in front of me, it's just getting cold because I'm looking for the perfect like 10 minute yeah. YouTube video to get me through the meal, you know? So you do the, te- you do the video, you're online. Oh yeah, I'm finding something to watch. See, so like once upon a time, well, once upon a time, you know, you make the dinner, like my, my living room with my giant television, mm-hmm. I got one of those coffee tables that leans up. And, you know, kind of the top of it will come up to meet you. So you actually have like a table. So I would sit there and watch the television. Uh, But then I find myself, you know, now more so because of all the writing that we do and all, Mm -hmm. going to the desk and sitting at the desk with the plate, checking the email, watching the YouTube video or whatever. When I was a kid, um, they used to have the galloping gourmet, Graham Kerr. Yeah. We talked about this. He used to come on one o'clock in the afternoon. And whenever I was sick... My mother, because my parents both worked. So in those days, kids were left alone because nobody would steal us. <laughs> they didn't want us. Nobody Vince wanted August the other night was talking, nobody wanted us. We <laughs> 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 leave you there. But we're totally safe. But uh, at one o'clock, uh, the Galloping Gourmet would come on. Yeah. So my mother would leave me banquet chicken a la king. <laughs> and you, the way you make banquet chicken a la king, you boil it in the water. 
and you put the pouch in uh-huh. and then you take it out and you make toast and you put it over toast and that was you know that was your meal that sounds you pretty know, good oh it was great but like Graham Kerr would come on at one and he would make his extravagant meal <laughs> and then at one thirty, he would pull people up from the audience just down and eat the meal so what I would do is I would time my banquet chicken a la king so that at 125 it was done. So when they came out of commercial, and, hey, you got to taste the meal. And you had the bottle of wine. You got to taste the meal. And he'd bring them up. I would sit there with my chicken a la king. It's like we were all eating together. That's so cool. You had you and your friends there. It's like, uh, the what is it? The aunts and uncles from 1984. Well, you know what? The, uh, did you ever see The Godfather? Uh, yes. It opens with Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah. That was my family <laughs> every Christmas. Exactly like that. Only instead of Michael, it was my cousin Richie. He would come up from the shore. Richie's coming. Richie's coming. Everybody go crazy. Now he runs a wall, uh, English Town Raceway Park. Wow. All right. He does, uh, well, he does the announcing for the motocross and stuff. Oh, is he the high voice? He's the, no, he's the low voice. Oh, okay. He's the guy that came in here and got the kidney. Uh, That's a whole other story. I was going to say, I don't know. But right now, we got to do fast traffic. Post roofing, siding, and windows. All right. 1 800 283 101.5. Steve Trevelis. Hanging out with you till 11 o'clock tonight. I've got these uh, lottery tickets here $20 worth of New Jersey scratch off tickets. I want to hear a good story. And uh, have I got a story for you. My, uh, my sons play football. And, um, well, they play football. They play high school football. And they're working out now, getting ready to play high school football. And uh, they um, also, they've played flag football since they, were, since they could get into the league. Now they've gone through the league. And now they referee for the flag football. And I tell them, you know, get ready for the dopey dads. And uh, my best friend, we grew up with in Union City. Uh, is a referee now in Pittsburgh, and uh, the dads ain't messing with him because uh, I've seen I've seen what happens to people who mess with this guy. So the dads ain't messing with him, but the dads and the moms too. You know, uh, these people who want to live vicariously to their children and uh, will almost like embarrass their children a lot of times because you know I know the kids just want to run around. They want to run around on the grass. They want to play. They want to have fun. They're not even paying attention to the game a lot of times. But the dads are taking it so seriously. You know, or the moms are taking it so seriously. And they freak out. And in Deptford Township, here's what's going on. Uh, the Deptford Township Little League is trying out a new rule. If you fight with the umps during the game, you have to volunteer your time to umpire three games before you're allowed back as a spectator. The main purpose is not for them to be able to call a baseball game, but for them to be able to see what's going on out here. And that it's not that easy. Because apparently there have been a, little, a lot of problems. Officials in the Deptford Little League say a small number of spectators yell at the umpires for calls they don't like. And now uh, the league officials say you fight with the ump, you're going to find yourself making the calls. These kids love it. The kids come up to you. They're all excited. It's great, said Deptford Township Little League President Don... Bazoofy, right? Don Bazoofy. And uh, now, what's not great is the parent, the spectator who fights with the ump. They think the call was bad, which always amazes me. They can see a strike better over there than the umpire can one foot behind him, says uh, Bazoofy. But here's what they're doing. Uh, 
if a dad, you know, if, if a dad freaks out or a mom freaks out, you fight with the umps during the game. You have to volunteer your time to umpire three games before you're allowed back as a spectator. Now, uh, how do you feel about that? First of all, on the one hand, you know, it's great in that, you know, it's going to teach them a lesson. It's going to show them what it's like umpiring the games. But on the other hand, it's going to screw up the game because now you have an unqualified umpire who really doesn't know what they're doing, headstrong to begin with. But then again, how serious, depending on how seriously you take the Little League games or how seriously your, you know, your child, your Little Leaguer takes the Little League games. So I want to know from you, 1-800-283-101.5. How do you feel about that rule? How do you feel about that idea? That if you fight with the umpire uh, as a parent, you cannot get back into the game unless you volunteer to umpire three games. And I also want to know from you, 1-800-283-101.5, give me your best story of seeing a parent freak out at a sporting event over their kids. You know, if you're an umpire, what's the craziest thing you've ever had to deal with with a parent? If you're a parent who goes to the games, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? The best story is going to get $20 worth of New Jersey lottery scratch-off tickets. If you were that person, tell me your story. 1-800-283-101.5. I would go to my kids' games. I would be like Ed Sable. I'd be there with the the phone trying to film the kids, you know. Uh, Did it all the way through high school, continued to do it. Did it at the practice yesterday. And I would get, like, enthusiastic. I'd, yeah, I would never argue with an ump, though. I would never. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't embarrass my sons like that. And I think that's what it is because no kid, no kid wants to be standing there right or wrong, whether they believe they were right or wrong, and have mom and dad freak out. Bonnie's in West Deptford on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Bonnie. Hello. My husband refereed high school soccer, men's, men's uh, amateur league soccer for years. And, you know, if the parents got out of hand, he would tell them, you can can it or you can watch the game from the parking lot. And, you know, if they came back at him after that, he'd say, all right, you know, you can, you can leave. Or if you don't leave, your team will forfeit the game. Wow. Did he ever forfeit a game? Did he ever do that to somebody? Oh, no, because the parents would leave. Mm-hmm. And that, now what, how do you feel but, about this idea where if you, if you leave, you have to volunteer to umpire three games before you can get back in? It's, it stinks. Now, South Jersey boys soccer, what they did each team had to put up like a, you know, a $50 bond or whatever. And if their parents got out of control, then they were fined that amount. You know, if, if the referee felt that they were either being demeaning or just totally inciting, you know, violence amongst the players. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband had utmost respect from the players, the coaches, um, you know, so it was working. And he would tell the players too, you know, you're not going to badmouth each other. You drop the F-bomb. That's one thing I understand. But, you know, you're you're going to be gentlemen out here. You're going to play the game. That's what we're here for. All right. So but they would so they would all drop $50 into the till. And then yep. if, the, if some parent reacted, they would find the team that amount of money. 
Yes. So what would happen if it happened the second time? There'd be no money to find, or they put more money back in after they get fined. Well, they would have to put more money back in, and Ooh. at times they would make the coach go to bad boy school. <laughs> bad boy school? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what exactly is bad boy school? I got it. What is well, bad I, boy know, school? It's just coaching and you know keeping control of your parents and you know just keeping <sighs> the game about the game. So you blame it on the so you blame it on the coach, the parents. It's up to the coach to keep the parents in control. To a certain extent, yeah. I like that. That's good. That's good. You know, all right, all right. So I like that, Bonnie. Thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. How do you feel about the idea in Deptford Township if a parent mouths off to the umpire? In order to get back in, they got to volunteer to umpire three games. I want to hear your thoughts on that. I want to hear the best, your best dopey dad story. Give me your story of a parent freaking out over a game. Little league, football, basketball, whatever. Parents versus referees, parents versus umpires. Have you ever had to deal with it? And uh, give me the best story. The best story is going to end up getting uh, $20 worth of New Jersey lottery scratch-off tickets. Did you, you're not that dad, right? You would no. never be that dad. No, actually, I take my son to a soccer class, and, you know, my son's five. So it's the concept is ball goes in net. So that's where we're at. It's, you know, kick the ball nice, son. You know, no, we're not getting aggressive at you ever age see the, five. You ever see the parents freak out? Oh, yeah. You see the videos all the time. And even I remember when I was playing t-ball as a kid, one of the coaches was just so aggressive, like always yeah. screaming his sons. I mean, I never got that. We kind of laugh it off as kids, but it's just it seems like it's just getting more serious and serious as the years go on. Yeah, they take it way too seriously. Yeah. 830. 101.5, 1-800-283-101.5. Spring is finally here. You're back outside doing what you love the most. Is pain holding you back? Don't you want to enjoy life without pain? Well, you need to go to Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab can help. Pain or even age is no excuse. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed. Same-day appointments. Fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey in Pennsylvania, like the newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Walm. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. We got these $20 worth of New Jersey lottery scratch-off tickets. Now, in Deptford, I want to get your opinion on this. Deptford Little League is trying out a new rule. If you fight with the umpire during a game, you have to volunteer your time to umpire three games before you are allowed back as a spectator. I like the idea in that it's going to stop these wacky parents from freaking out over Little League games. You know, let the kid enjoy the game. Stop trying to live through your child. On the other hand, I feel bad for the kids and the game because now you've got these inexperienced, emotional parents umpiring the games. So I want to hear your, uh, your parent freak out at a game story. The best one's going to get the tickets. Was it the dad? Was it because the moms get just as loud as the dads? Cursing from the sidelines, right? Using language in front of the kids. They just completely lose it. Big Jim, 
is in East Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Big Jim. Hey, Big Steve. What's going on, brother? Not much. How about you? Uh, doing all right. So um, my kids weren't baseball kids. We were a lacrosse family, and I coached uh, in the youth leagues for a bunch of years. Right. And one particular weekend, it was an all-day tournament. So you show up early in the morning, and you leave late in the afternoon. And we had our tents all set up. And we always had a, a cooler for the adults and a cooler for the kids. And I had made a couple of trays of fuzzy navel jello shots to go along <laughs> to, the, uh, to the game. Not for the kids. Bad mix. Right. Not for the kids. No. Maybe even better off for the kids. <laughs> yeah, well, they might have played better. Who knows? Right. <laughs> go so we're going, we're going to our last game. And I still had a bunch of these shots, so I didn't want to take them home, so I started pushing them on the moms. Like, yeah, here you go. Take another, take another, take another. Right. So the moms are feeling groovy. I had forgotten earlier in the day, someone taught them a cheer. I'm blind, I'm deaf, I want to be a ref. Oh. <laughs> so the, the game is going on. Uh-huh. The balls aren't going our way. Right. It's youth lacrosse. Nobody's really taking it too seriously. Except. And then all of a sudden... I hear from the uh, the opposing sideline, and I see a chorus line of moms, shoulder to shoulder, chanting, "I'm blind, I'm deaf, I want to be a ref." Oh, they won't stop. Oh, and I'm thinking in my head, "Oh no, what monster did we create?" <laughs> so what'd you do? What happened? Well, the the referees got so annoyed with us that they stopped the game, mm-hmm. they tossed us off the field. They followed us out to the parking lot, and that was the end of our day. Oh, oh, no. They were going to throw down with us. They like we were just looking to walk away. I, I kind of thought it was funny on some levels, but it wasn't really abusive. It was just a bunch of drunken moms. But damn, moms get nuts. Yeah, it's not just the dads. The moms get nuts too. It was a long time ago, and we still talk about it today. <laughs> How do you feel about this idea where uh, if you argue with the ump, you got to come back and volunteer to ump three games? You know, I get the uh, I get the point. You know, the, these guys are not there to be abused, and some of these people just take it way too seriously. Right. And maybe if they saw it from the other side, then they wouldn't be as obnoxious. But do you think it's good for the game, though? Because now you got inexperience. It's make the game worse because now more parents will get aggravated because you don't even have real umpires in there. You got that idiot who yelled about his kid last week. I think it depends on the level of the game. If it's youth, no one's going from the youth leagues to the pros. If it's high school, then maybe you know that's not such a great idea. But if it's you know little uh, grammar school games or, you know, young kids like that. I don't see the harm in that. I think it might be a good idea. All right. I'm putting you on hold. We're going to put big Jim in the hopper to see if he wins the lottery tickets. Yeah. I mean, there's that one thing It's kind of like I, for what it's worth. And I'm, I'm not trying to be, uh, I don't know, uh, too myopic here, but the idea that the integrity of the game, are you compromising, even though it's a little league game and even though, you know, kids are playing, are you compromising the integrity of the game by having the, the dopey dads, you know, who are freaking out about their kids? And then not only that, but what, kind, what happens when the dad is now umping juniors at bat? How many, how many balls is Junior going to get? Uh, Jim is in Marlton under Jersey 101.5. Jim, what do you think about that? Hey, Steve, how are you? Oh. Good, how are you? Good, I'm, I'm trying to get you a speaker here. Uh, 
Hey, Steve, good talking to you. Um, you know, we, we got something in common. You got you got twins, right? I got twins. Mine are a little older than yours. Get ready to go to college. So oh, okay. Love your show, brother. You're like my future. I do. Yeah, man. Listen, uh, hey, I think one quick thing before I share my two stories. I think that what I read, right. and then I thought it was followed up on the news, that they're basically going to put an umpire because they're worried, too, about the safety of, you know, protecting the kids and it actually being a game. Right. They're still going to put the umpire on the field with that parent. They're just going to let them be the backup. And it, in addition to kind of controlling the game, making sure it stays safe. I thought that's what I read, but I, I, I'm not 100 percent certain. So. I'm looking at the Channel Six story now. I'm, I, I yeah. may have missed it. I'm not seeing it, but what I've got here is: uh, if you fight with the ump during a game, you have to volunteer your time to umpire three games before you're allowed back as a spectator. The main purpose yeah. is not for them to be able to call the game, but to under, you know to see what is going on. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so they, that. I think the article I read with it basically said that, yeah, they're going to have a, a certified referee and umpire still there. Um, so, again, that the kids don't take advantage or that, you know, somebody else doesn't. Yeah, because you're going to perpetuate your cycle. You're going to have people screaming and hollering at, at, the, at that guy. But now but now you so now you're going to have the parent out there at the aggravated yeah. parent is now going to get overruled by the umpire. Make him make him out to be like embarrassed. The guy. In uh, front listen, of the entire, why don't we make him wear a chicken outfit while he's standing yeah, there behind? The is, I, I, I think the intention is good. I, I don't know that it's, you know, the, you know, the end all be all ideas, but I do think the intention is good. My, Hey Steve, my quick story goes, Go ahead, like, please. Yeah. Um, two, two quick ones. My, my son was playing in a 16 year old. I, my twins were playing in 16 year old soccer league. Right. Uh, and in between games, it was one of those tournaments. Like the guy, big Jim before me here said that you show up early, you leave late and you play a bunch of games in between. And, uh, uh, there was a corner kick, and because we were at a downtime, we played the, the organizers of the, of the tournament said, hey, you guys play an older team just to kind of keep your you know legs loose and all that. Well, so we were playing 18 to 19-year-olds. Uh -huh. wow. in, in this corner early in the game, um, my, my one son is marking the keeper, and this guy, the, the, the whistle blows, our corner is kicked, and this kid, the goalie, turns and just flat out punches my son in the ribs. Actually, uh, breaks a rib. Um, I I approached the you know the organizers. The ref didn't see it. Um, my son went down, and they basically said, "Oh, if the refs didn't see it, it didn't happen." And I tried to explain to them, "This is very frustrating coming from the organizers." Wait, what are you talking yeah. about? Well, the, the the thankful thing is that the coach was videoing the games with this little di dish thing. Uh, oh, they had it on tape. Yeah, two days later, I sent the video to the organizers, and they, you know, um, kind of handled it, I guess, a little more appropriately. They suspended the, the keeper. They suspended the team from a tournament. Um, so it, that kind of worked out. That was my personal experience. I was a coach of a girls' softball team, middle school, Steve. I had two star pitchers. I'm um, mm. in the championship game. We went undefeated for the season. Um, I, one girl kind of got tired in the fourth inning. So I sub her out, uh, the other girls pitch, you know, the other, my other star pitcher goes in, I hear a ruckus on the sideline. Both right. of my girls start crying. Their families got into a fist fight yeah. over their dads in particular, over the fact that one said, I should never have pulled his daughter. The other one saying, you waited too long to pull your daughter. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> I mean, God. 
for Steve for a half an inning. The girls are crying. The girls on the team are trying to console them. I'm trying to tell them not to look at their dads. The police are are, are pulling out the on police. The field. Oh my goodness, Steve, it was incredible. We ended up winning the game uh-huh. and you know, undefeated champion. <laughs> Or our jacket And celebrated by bailing out the dads. All right, hold on, Jimmy. I'm going to put you in the hopper. That's a great story, too. 1 800 283 101.5. These are insane. Congratulations to Gene in Monroe Township, Susan in Providence, Donna in Edison. They all won cash with the Jersey Cash Codes contest on New Jersey 101.5. You want to win cash, too? This is the last week to listen, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. for the Jersey Cash Code. At the start of every hour, there's a cash code and a new chance to win up to $30,000. Info and rules on nj1015.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Yoka Dealerships. Experience the difference with 40 locations, 25 brands, 10 collision centers in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So the last week of the $30,000 cash code contest. Get in to win on New Jersey 101.5. In Deptford Little League, you argue with the ump, you got to come back and volunteer to ump three games before you get back into the game. So uh, how do you feel about that? And give me uh, give me your best Little League freakout story by the parents. Mark is in Morristown on New Jersey 101.5. Marky Mark. Hey, how you doing? Good, how about you? I have no problem with the uh, parents having a ref. You'll humble them, and then if uh, they screw a game up and lose a game, everybody between their spouse, their kid, and the rest of the team is going to tell them, be quiet for the rest of the season. <laughs> they'll like, gag them. Uh, they'll make them wear a gag. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, you know, they'll gag them. They'll do this. They'll pat them down, put them to the seat. You know, and it's, it's humbling for everybody, so maybe they'll, you know. All right, you got a story? Yeah, my kid played high school across, all across, right. and two fathers a year younger, uh, their kids are a year younger than mine, so they come to high school, my kid's a sophomore, first game, they argued, these parents are angry, they argue with everybody, every coach, every sport, they started in on the refs on high school across, and the uh, kid's telling his dad, quiet, quiet, you're embarrassing me. They're kicked out by halftime. They're gone. Wow. Welcome to high school. Yeah. <laughs> gone. Uh, uh, the ref's like, nope. He gave him two one. I think he gave him an extra one because the kid was trying to get his dad to calm down. Uh, and he's finally like, you're out. And they're like, what? They're like, what? Like, you can't do that. Man. They <laughs> you know, don't get. Trying. Yeah, they don't get. The kids yeah. get embarrassed. You know what I mean? What, what is it? Yeah, they're oh, trying the to live so their life through the kid again. You know, they're trying to live their lives again through their kids. You know, too much on sports. The parents trying to live their sports life that they ended, you know, through their kids. Like every kid's going pro, mm-hmm. and the kid's not going pro. Your kid's just going to be a kid. Let him be a kid. That's so key. Let them be a kid. Mark, thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. Andrew's in Flemington. What's up, Andrew? Steve, how you doing? Good. How about you? Good. I got a joke too. But you want to hear the joke first? No, just no? give me give me your thought. We'll save the joke for later, Andrew. Well, actually, I don't have a story, but I have an idea. All right, give me your idea. Why don't you make these people do community service? <laughs> about, make them sweep the streets for nothing for how about, about this? You know, a month, couple months. How about they get to sweep out the stadium after the game? That's good. Right, they got to sweep out the field after the game. There you go. All right, I'll buy that. All right, one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. My kids, uh, my kids are refereeing flag football, so uh, this is this is what lies ahead for them with these crazy parents. I mean, seriously, you know, let, let their kids have fun playing the game. It's it's they they kids, and in Deptford, if you uh, if you mess up, you know, if you freak out on the umpire, if you're a parent, and they toss you, you can't get back in until you volunteer to umpire three games. 
All Jersey, all the time. When I heard your story, I said I have to call. New Jersey 101.5. Never get you through the night. All right. 1 800 283 101.5. So, uh, my good friend Glenn Stewart of the B Street Band sends me a text. Did you know that they offered John Lennon the conductor role for Shiny Time Station? He turned it down. They offered it to Ringo and he accepted the role. Lennon apparently said, I'm a Beatle and declined. And here's something else I did not know. Uh, and this is, this is really funny. Uh, Paul McCartney tells the story of Ringo when they're doing Hey Jude that uh, Ringo was in the bathroom and Paul didn't know that he was in the bathroom because there were so many people in the room and he couldn't see where Ringo was. So he starts the song, Hey Jude, and all these you know kids are around him and everything. He can't see Ringo and he doesn't know that Ringo's not there. And while he's playing the song, he sees Ringo come out of the bathroom and make his way to the drums. And Ringo didn't want to stop it because he goes, it's a really good take. We didn't want to ruin the take. And when the drums come in on Hey Jude, they come in because that's the point that Ringo sat down at the drum kit, picked up the drums, and came in exactly where he was supposed to. <laughs> How about that? All right. We're not going to do music out with this hour. This is something really crazy that I had no idea. Uh, do you know that you cannot be buried with your pet in New Jersey unless you meet certain criteria? First of all, the idea of being buried with your pet and the idea being that, okay, well, you're, you, when you die... There are, you know, people will put things in the coffin to go with you, maybe a giant's cap or maybe, you know, God knows what. So a lot of people, they have their pet cremated, right? Uh, I lost two pets and I had the second one cremated. And he sits in a little box in my china closet with his picture. Uh, but if you want to put that box in the coffin, in New Jersey, in order to do it, you have to be cremated, and you need to be buried in a pet cemetery. I had no idea. This is on nj1015.com. Uh, I'm trying to find out who wrote the article here. Uh, John and Michelle, uh, basically, in New Jersey, and other states, you can do it, but not here. Co-chair of the Pet Loss Professionals Alliance, Colleen Ellis, says she's put more than what pet earn into people's coffins before they're buried. Now, I can get that. My, uh, I could see like my mother was really attached to her dog, so I would have no problem with that. But on the other hand, in New Jersey, you're not allowed to do it. State law for you to be buried with your pet. You have to be cremated, and you would have to be buried in a pet cemetery. So, I mean, like, what do you feel, how do you feel about that? I mean, would there, should there be a problem? 1-800-283-101.5. That's exactly something you think about. But I'm just throwing it out there. And what did you do with your pet after, you know, what did you do with your deceased animal? I mean, I had two. One, my dog Abby was a street dog. And when she died... 
I left her there. I regret it later. Uh, when Ziggy died 13 years later, Ziggy I had cremated. But there are people that have all kinds of massive funerals for the dog. Uh, would you want the remains of your pet to be buried with you? Do you know anybody that would have done that or would wanted to do that? 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, but I had no idea. Like, why would you? I don't understand why you would need to be buried in a pet cemetery. If you want to, first of all, you're talking about remains, right? You're talking about a box in the ground. Why would that be a problem? But apparently it is. And uh, I don't get it. So what did you do? Like, what did you, when you lost your pet, and the hardest thing you will ever do, one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life, is uh, lose a pet. Because, of course, they're like family. And, you know, both of my dogs ripped my heart out. Uh, you know, because I had them each for 13 years. But I have no idea. I don't understand why you wouldn't be able to uh, just, you know, have the remains. If you, you know, if you say and you stipulate, you know, when I die, I'd like to have this box of ashes in there with me. And I could, I could be with my dog for eternity. Take them out. <laughs> uh, my mother and father. You know, my father's cremated. And half uh, the deal with my father was half his ashes went with my mother so that he could walk the dog, the legs. And the rest got scattered over the, uh, over the, you know, over the ocean, which we're not supposed to do, but we did it anyway. Don't tell anybody. Pete is in Ewing on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, Pete? How was your weekend? It was good. How was yours? Not long enough. Am I right? You're right, Pete. When you're right, you're right. What can I say? You're right. Can you say that one more time? What? I couldn't hear you. I'm what? Oh, you're right, Pete. Yes, when you're right. Pete's bringing material to the table. I like this. This is hey, good. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that in future for my wife because, you know, all I got to do is go back and listen to Steve Trevelisse on demand, everybody. So remember that. Could you say that again, Pete? Hold on. My headphones went bad. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to listen to the show again when you get this. There'll be know. a quiz. There you go. So how do you feel about this? Um, Dude, I love dogs. Like, right. I, they're better than us. Right. And um, I have a dog, and his name's Chase, and he's a um, Shih Tzu slash Poodles. They call him Spitzpoos. And he's just a lover, and he loves his family dearly. And he's starting to fall apart. He's getting up there in age. And every time I used to have a seizure and I'd wake up at home, he'd always be right next to me protecting me. Right. And I'm going to, it's like I'm losing a son when I lose him. Right. So I'm probably actually, I will have him cremated. Um, I'm not going to bury him on my property because that actually brings your, your resale value down. I, I did not know that. Now, why would it bring you, how would they know? Why would it bring your resale value down? You have to. You have to disclose. Oh, you do. Pet remains. Yes, you do. I did not um, know that. My neighbor, my neighbor just up. Uh, her dog just passed away like a few days ago, and I loved Maggie. She right. was an awesome dog, um, and she buried her in her backyard. But I don't think she's ever going to resell. Um, but dogs are amazing, and uh, dude, you got you got me choking up thinking about my dog because he's he's 
Yeah. See, I don't want to make anybody cry. You better change the topic. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a good cry, though. No, no, I get it. I get it. But I don't understand, like, why, if you want to have your pet remains with you when you go, it's better, you're not allowed it's to do that. Than having your dog taxid- it's better than having your pet, you know, taken to a taxidermist and having them. People do that. People do that. Yuck. What's wrong with them? I have no idea. Have you ever seen that in person? No, I couldn't. I have you I have and uh, yeah, people have actually had their birds taxidermy, and um, you know it, they'd start falling apart after years. Like it's disgusting. You're killing me. Here. <laughs> with you. Oh God. Yeah, I, I I couldn't do that. I I could not do that. Thanks for the call. The New Jersey one hundred one point five one eight hundred two eight three one hundred one point five. I mean, you know, what did you do? Like what, when you when you lost, you know, your your pet. What did you do after you lost your pet? Did you have it cremated? Did you uh, did you leave it there? Did you uh, did you didn't stuff it? And then there's a law in New Jersey that says uh, you can't take him with you unless you want to be buried in the pet cemetery. And who wants to be buried in the pet cemetery? I think it was an Alfred Hitchcock movie, right? Pet cemetery. Uh, but I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a thing at all. I can't understand why that would be a problem. But if you want to read the story, you go to nj1015.com, and uh, it's on the New Jersey 101.5 page. It's Jana, uh, J-A-H-N-A, Michal, M-I-C-H-A-L. Uh, I just, like I said, I had no idea that this was a thing. And in New Jersey, you have to be buried in the pet cemetery. So if you really, 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 really love your pet, and you got to really, 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 really love your pet to want to do that, enjoy them while they're here. Here's Fast Traffic. 1.5, Steve Travelese. All right, Thursday night, I'm not going to be here. It's the NFL draft. So uh, my sons and I, sacred pilgrimage, we watch the NFL draft. And this year, as opposed to last year when the Giants made their pick in the first 20 minutes, Giants are actually good this year, so they won't be picking until 25th. Wow. So give me a lot of time to uh, eat and cry over all the other picks. And we're not getting him. I wanted him. Oh, no, not him. By the time the Giants pick, we some guy we never heard of. <laughs> so, wait, so for the NFL draft pick, is it just like they have like a bunch of players like just sitting in like an audience in a bunch of like fold-out chairs? No, no, I don't do it like, like that. You know, like you, we want you, we want you. They have, well, they usually it's a giant hotel. Okay. A very expensive giant hotel. <laughs> and not New York giant hotel, just giant hotel. And uh, the players are all decked out. And sometimes they're home and they're watching with the families. And they got mm. cameras everywhere. <laughs> and you see the kid get the phone call. And you see the kid get selected. And he high fives everybody. And it's a, a mo- you know. Okay, that's and then cool. And while that's happening, they're running highlights of, you know, the kid's career in college. And, and a couple of draft experts. Ah, he's got real good speed in the 40. <laughs> you got to watch him. Down. Yeah, you got to do that, you know. Uh, but that's yeah. the NFL draft. Um, and every year I take off so that my sons and I, who are now 16 and football mm. geeks, and the three of us geek out together over lots and lots of munchies, and yeah. the Eagles pick 10th, and the Giant, the Jets pick now 15th, because they traded Aaron for Aaron Rodgers today. Wow. So they switched picks. That was a big deal. And uh, then the Giants will pick 25th. And I will be there to see it. <laughs> every minute. Every Freaking minute. Every minute I will be there. We were talking about this off mm-hmm. the air. And uh, Tucker Carlson, I had no idea Tucker Carlson lost his job. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he had the number one show on Fox. And apparently, like, I don't, 
I don't watch if I'm here, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I haven't seen Tucker Carlson in a long time on the show, I mean. Uh, but apparently, uh, they agreed to part ways, and Tucker did not get to do a last show. Uh, his last show was last week, and Don Lemon is also out at CNN. Yeah. Uh, if anybody watches CNN, would anybody know? Like, if Don mm -hmm. Lemon leaves CNN, how long would it take America to figure out he was gone since nobody's watching CNN? I was going to say, I didn't even know who Don Lemon was, and they're like, he's gone. And yeah. I'm like, who? It's <laughs> like, if Don Lemon falls in the woods, <laughs> does he make a sound? <laughs> it's, Nobody knows. It's like when everyone was leaving Twitter, it's like, I didn't even know you were on there. <laughs> Tucker Carlson's picture is plastered everywhere. Uh -huh. I can't find the picture of Don Lemon anywhere. <laughs> and he was the morning guy on CNN. Uh, but anyway, he's gone. Yeah. But you brought, what can we do with this? Like, how would you do this? And you brought up a good idea. And first I poo-pooed it. And then I said, you know, let me think about this. And the idea was... Well, the idea is um, there, there are a lot of shows like that are really good for a long time. They got a strong cast. And then for, for whatever reason, they decide to continue the show after like those characters that made you keep coming back leave the show. One, one great example is uh, That 70s Show. When I think it's Eric Foreman. That's his name, right? Yeah, Topher Grace. Topher Grace, yeah. His character leaves the show in one of the last seasons. And, and they, so did Kelso, right? Yeah, and Kelso. Ashton Kusher. Yeah, so and then they kept the show going, and they they had uh, Mila Kunis's character and Fez get together, which everyone thought was weird. And when the show came back, they they just com like completely retcon that, like didn't happen. No, um, oh right, oh it came back. Yeah, yeah. So they made that '90s show. Are they in that '90s show? Uh, they are. I don't know how. I didn't actually watch that '90s show because I never finished watching that '70s show because my fa one of my favorite characters left. So I As was like, you said, I'm done with you. Yeah, so I said I'm done. But I, right. I enjoyed the commercials. So who left a TV show that made you stop watching that show? Yeah, as the one, as the question. Yeah, who left? Yeah, give me, I, I, give me someone who left a TV show. Carlson left the network. So you, mm -hmm. if you're no longer going to watch Fox News because. Tucker Carlson's not there. Let me know. But who left a TV show? Like, who? give me a character that dropped off a show that either crushed the show or made you stop watching it. You know, uh, I mean, I give you one. Uh, when Ron Howard left Happy Days. You know, Happy Day. Ron Howard was Happy Days. Mm -hmm. And Richie Cunningham. And when Richie Cunningham left Happy Days, they bring in Ted McGinley. And every time anybody leaves a show, they would bring in Ted McGinley. <laughs> when Steve left Married with Children, they brought in Ted McGinley. There's like a whole list of sitcoms that every time the major character would leave, he'd be replaced by Ted McGinley. <laughs> Ted McGinley's job was to just sit around and wait for someone to leave a show so that he could step in. The, the, the chances of Tom McKinley taking your job after you leave are, are never zero. I think he, his resume is on Ann's desk in case any of us leave. <laughs> Ted McGinley's ready to go. But you know I'm here, Ann. All good to go. Just standing there, right there in the background. I got to keep looking over my shoulder right. to make sure he's not creeping his way in. Scrubs was another one. Like uh, There are certain shows, like after MASH, like yeah. when they ended MASH, what they did was um, they went to everybody in the show and they said, do you want to come back next year? And whoever said yes, they created this new show called After Mesh. Oh. And it took place uh, not in Korea. But the idea was because Mesh ends where they all go home. The war ends, they go home. Yeah. So After Mesh took place in a Missouri hospital where these doctors were now stationed. And lasted about three weeks. It just you know. when you take the major like Alan Alda, Mike Farrell, when you take the Henry, when you, no Henry was in the new one. When you take those guys out, that's it. 
But who, like, who is some of the guys who would leave? Like, like you know, Ashton Kutcher and Topher Grace were good. Because yeah. they try to keep it going with the peripherals. I mean, there was a show called Wise Guy, which was awesome. Uh, it was uh, Ken Wall uh, playing an undercover FBI agent in the 1980s, Vinnie Terranova. Yeah. And he was the show. And it was a precursor to The Sopranos because they filmed it in arcs. What killed Wise Guy was the fact that we didn't have DVR in those days. Mm -hmm. So they kept preempting it all over the place. So they would, you know, it would be on three weeks later, it would come back. I mean, a different time <laughs> slot. You couldn't find it. Today, yeah. that would never happen. You would just DVR it and watch him in succession. Yeah. But uh, Ken Wall basically was the show. And Ken Wall hurt his back. He was having problems. He was having problems with the network and mm -hmm. on and on. So finally, he leaves. And they replace him with uh, Stephen Bauer, okay. Cuban, wise, Cuban wise guy. Yeah. And people would just abandon the show. But uh, there are, but there are shows that you know. I'm trying to think of like who who left the show that made you stop watching it. Oh, that's a tough one. Who left the show that made me stop watching? Yeah. Hmm. Great show, or or like, or, or, or who left the show that basically gutted the show? That once they were gone. The show's unwatchable. Now. Well, you know, the dynamic really changed in NYPD Blue. Yeah. When, when Caruso left. And it was a little, you know, Smiths was fine, but it was just a completely different dynamic with Franz and Smiths instead of Franz and um He so uh, misplayed that. Yeah. He so, well, David hindsight Caruso is twenty twenty. So, <laughs> so misplayed that. Oh, oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he thought he was much bigger than and he came back and he got the CSI. Yeah. That lasted a long time. Yeah. But yeah, he was really good that first year. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, in NYPD Blue? Yeah. Yeah, that show was fantastic. And it really showed good. like the, how good Bochco was, mm -hmm. that they were able to take Sipowitz yeah. and make him the center guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that that's a good one. Yeah, it's uh, a good one. 1-800-283-101.5. Who left the show and made you stop watching it? It's 930. Now, the late in weather every 15 minutes on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelis, I, Tucker Carlson, out at Fox. Who left a TV show that made you stop watching that show? I mean, in Carlson's case, it'd be, would you stop watching Fox because Tucker Carlson's not there? Would you go to Newsmax? You know, you're not going to CNN. Neither is Don Lemon, but that's a different story. So uh, give me a TV show that uh, when the lead character went, the show went... And you said, I ain't doing this anymore. John is in Manchester on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, John. Hey. Uh, yeah, Mark Harmon when he left uh, NCIS. That's a good one. Um, and then H Hattie uh, when she left uh, NCIS Los Angeles. You're a real big NCIS guy, aren't you? Well, and I also was telling the screener that um, what's amazing is like some shows like MASH where they changed characters but the show was still great. You know, you lost uh, McLean Stevenson. Harry Morgan comes in. Still a great show. Trapper John leaves. You're bringing BJ. Still a great show. You know, the, the test of that show is that they could lose a character such as Radar, who was an integral part of the series, and still be as strong as ever. Radar really didn't like it. I mean, I read some stories on Gary Berghoff. He, he, was, hated, he was not he happy like. there. Yeah, he was not happy there. Uh, and he was the guy who made it from the movie. You know, he was in the movie and they brought him in. He didn't get along with Alan, Alan Alda, which is damn near impossible. But <laughs> uh, 
But you know what? I, I see what you're saying, and it is a testament to the show that they were able to do that. But more and more now, you see a lot of character changes, like Law and Order, right? How many? Think about Law and Order. It's not about the star; it's about the franchise. But also another one you could add is actors that were replaced by another actor. How about Dick Sargent and Dick York? Right, and then there was um, Vivian on um... Vivian. John, you there? No. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, then there was Vivian on uh, Fresh Prince and other actors. Oh, but okay. Now my wife is calling, so I got to go. Have a go, great go, evening. go. All right, John. Thanks for the call. The New Jersey 101.5. That's another thing because a lot of times a lot of shows that last a long time are able to do it because of cast changes. You know, how long can you go with a show for, you know, in, in its original cast? I don't know. Because uh, MASH basically lasted 11 years, but they went through a cast, like a, a almost, com not a complete cast change, maybe like a 50% cast change around halfway through, and they were able to go again. There was a show called The Practice, where they basically, after five years, fired the half, you know, the, the core of the show. Dylan McDermott was gone. Kelly Williams was gone. Lara Flynn Boyle was gone. And then they bring in James Spader and Cameron Mannheim from New Jersey and um, Michael Bataluco and managed to keep the thing going. And that morphs into Boston Legal, uh, which is one of the best legal shows ever. Uh, I love James Spader. And the blacklist is winding down. Uh, but... You know, 1-800-283-101.5. Who left a show? NCIS is a good one. Because now, like, Mark Harmon, uh, who is Ricky Nelson's brother-in-law, by the way, uh, Mark Harmon leaves the show, and they replace him with, I think, Gary Cole. And it's a different type of show. So you now have to reinvent the show, trying to get people to stay with it. So uh, I put it on my social media as well. Here's, here's some of what I got. Uh, who left a TV show that made you stop watching that show? And uh, let me go. There's a number of things you got to do here in order to make this work. So uh, Bob Barker on The Price is Right uh, says, uh, Chris, Bob Barker, Price is Right, horrible with Drew Carey. Weird, different with Drew Carey. I like Drew Carey. I love the Drew Carey show. The Drew Carey sitcom, if you get a chance, go watch it with Dietrich Bader. Uh, hysterical. And um, Ryan Stiles. Uh, Charlie Sheen. Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Charlie Sheen on Two and a Half Men. They were two different shows. I mean, they had Two and a Half Men's another one. Because Charlie Sheen leaves. Mm -hmm. They bring in Ashton Kutcher. They kind of reinvent the entire show. I'll tell you, every weekend, I could <laughs> sit there and watch Two and a Half Men ad, ad nauseum. Episode after episode after episode, I love it. Uh, and the trial, and the, the, the two of them are different. Like the original Charlie Sheen, Cryer was a lot more serious. Yeah. Cryer, they they just they, they basically I don't know why, but they basically, <laughs> I mean, they kind of destroyed the show, but still kept it funny and kept it going. Yeah, and you know, but Kusher replacing Sheen, and they got another couple more years out of it. And if they wanted to, I don't know, they didn't have to end that show. 
they definitely could have kept it going. And it, it's very interesting, like Charlie Sheen versus Ashton Kutcher. I mean, there's no way that you could have kept the show the same way with Ashton Kutcher. Like, imagining him being, like, he, he's had some serious roles, but I just always see him as someone who's, like, more, like, lighthearted and... I don't well, know Sheen was lighthearted in the show. He was just a womanizing drunk who yeah. uh, was an ad man and made a lot of money singing jingles. Yeah. And then you get Kushner, who's a millionaire and insecure and can't, you know, <laughs> can't find Miss Wright. But I mean, I, like I said, I like I like them both. Yeah. And I like you know I like Sheen. Sheen was it was edgier with Sheen. It was kind of over the top with Kutcher. But there's in the last episode. With uh, when Charlie Sheen, when the piano dropped on his head. The last episode, when Berta, who's no longer, Conchetta Farrell's no longer around, and she died 77 years old. Yeah. But she says, when, when they get the letter from Charlie, and in the, she says to, okay, if you leave and he comes back, he says to Ashton Kutcher, you know, if he, co- if he leaves and Charlie comes back here, we can get five more years out of this. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been something. Oh, I, um, I, yeah, I was a big fan of that show. What, what, how do you do with shows like Grey's Anatomy, where it's just on forever and ever, but like the cast swaps oh, all the time? God, I never. I watched maybe the first year. I'm oh. not a Grey's Anatomy, but yeah, but that, it's that kind of stuff, like Law and Order. Yeah. We constantly change the detectives, change the, you know, although they got Sam Waterston, 83 years old, he's still the New York District Attorney. Right? Better watch out. How does that happen? You know? <laughs> Nobody gets out under his watch. Yeah. No, how does that happen? The whole city's <laughs> collapsed. He's still the District Attorney. He's like Rudy Giuliani. He's, uh, he's been there for years and he's going to be there for years. They make it a musical. A, a, a musical do, a, a documentary on Rudy Giuliani. Wasn't he canceled or something? I don't uh, know. You would think. 1-800-283-101.5. No, 1.5. All right. Tucker Carlson out at Fox News. Are you going to continue to watch Fox News? Who left a TV show that made you stop watching that show? Who left a TV show that actually uh, killed the show? <clears throat> What show survived the leaving of a major character from the TV show? 1-800-283-101.5. Let's go to uh, Ken is in beautiful Bayonne on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Ken. Hi, Steve. How you doing? Uh, the show I got is uh, Laverne and Shirley. Basically, after Shirley left, they had no show. How do you leave Laverne and Shirley when you're Shirley? And and they continue exactly. to. How do you make that work, Laverne and Shirley? Laverne and E. How about Starsky and Hutch without one of the characters? It's the same thing, you're right? Did somebody? Did one of them leave Starsky and Hutch? No, no. Otherwise, I would have said that one right away. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that made no sense. I mean, uh, and they just couldn't get along. I had Shirley on. Shirley came on oh, the yeah. show, and she she did a thing at the Bucks County Playhouse called uh, Me, Myself, and Shirley. And she was really good. She was really open about everything. Really cool lady. Yeah, you interviewed. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, she was on. It's it's on. It's on the website nj1015.com. But yeah, but you know, and it it was sad because they had such a good thing going. They were the modern day Lucy and Ethel. I was thinking the same thing. If you didn't just say that, I was going to say that. And you know what? Another one. Good. If you want to hear it, yeah. Another one is when Rose left. The Connors, the new show, The Connors. Yeah, it was her show. Yeah, the controversy. Remember yeah. the controversy she had here? Yeah. You know what? Here's what surprised me about that. Uh, and don't don't bet against it. Somebody, Roseanne is money. Somebody's going to sign Roseanne and do a show with her. 
You know, she's she was doing this thing on Fox where she was basically telling the story. Uh, I think what's going to happen, you know, because you know what, look at Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen left Two and a Half Men, and just to prove a point, he goes over and starts his own sitcom called Anger Management, does a hundred shows just to prove he could do it, and then walks away from it. And uh, Roseanne is yeah, just yeah, too yeah. good at what she does not to be doing it. Yeah. Very uh, good points. Very good points. You, know, right? you got it, Ken. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Uh, you know, there are certain people who are just, you know, this is what they do. You know, they're just great sitcom stars. Charlie Sheen, Michael J. Fox. You know, and when Michael J. Fox had to leave Spin City, who was he replaced with? Charlie Sheen. You know, and Michael J. Fox, you know, your heart broke when, you know, the news of the Parkinson's and he does the emotional leave and, you know, and then he shows up in like five other shows. He was on The Good Wife. Uh, I forget some of the other shows, but he's, he's and I'm so glad. And now he's touring with uh, the Back to the Future crew, uh, doing like different card shows and stuff. I'm trying to get them on. Mike is in Heightstown on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mike. Mike, you hey, there? Up, Mike? How you doing, pal? Hey, what's up, brother? Not much. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, listen, I got one for you. Mike and Molly. Who left? Molly. So, listen, Molly was losing weight. Right. And apparently the, uh, the producers didn't like that. So, Molly had left the show. No, that's not what I heard. Mike and Oh, man, I, that's what I heard. She was, you know what? Uh, there, there was an advertisement going around. The same, both of them lost weight, right? Billy Gardell is yeah, now like a rail. They both look great. Yeah. But I, I, I had heard that when Molly started losing weight, that the show, they didn't like it. Well, apparently, and, uh, Melissa, well, you know what? If she was smart, she would have stayed with that show. Because those movies that she made kind of flamed out, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but she... Uh, I mean... You watch it on the weekends, you laugh your ass off. It's a great show. Absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And now seeing him with the Bob, I like him in Bob Hart's Abishola, but he's just, it's two completely it's different people. It's, yes, it's not the same. No, not at all. Because I had seen movies when, when she, um, I forget what movie she did, but she looked skinnier. Well, and she. I told my wife, I said, babe, I said, it's not the, she's still funny. Yeah, but it's not the but same. She kind of got to be acrobatic. She got to be physical. I, I just think the whole dynamic of Mike and Molly with Swoozie Kurtz as the mom and Louis uh, Mastillo. I mean, it was just a funny. You said, you know what that show said reminded me of Mike. That you watching that show on the weekends makes me feel like I'm hanging out at their house, spending a weekend, and just having a grand old time. I feel like I was at home. I, yeah, I, I, yeah I exactly. exactly. I felt like I was at home. Absolutely. And it's like you sat there, you, I mean, you laughed your butt off, and you, and it was a great show. Then all of a sudden, man, it's... Well, you know why it went away? Wife, she told me, she was like, hey, she's losing weight. I'm like, come on, babe. Like, yeah, she's no, what I heard oh, was there, that there were big, she... There were big people. No, I no, I know that, but what I heard that it was the network something about like the 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 network didn't own the show it was an independent show. They took too long to renew it, so a lot of the actors went out and got other jobs. And uh, but it wasn't it wasn't about her and the weight. 
But thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. There was an advertisement on social media claiming it was. But from what I saw, from what I heard, it wasn't. All Jersey, all the time. Oh, my gosh. You guys are the best. New Jersey 101.5. We get it almost every night. it was. Yes, it is. You and me. Steve Trevelis. Go to nj1015.com. Check out those great Union City murals I put up there. Check out why we get driven nuts driving in New Jersey. Uh, best Chinese restaurants, best Jersey Shore bars, best Greek restaurants. I know you like to eat. So do I. So I find these places. Had the most amazing night last night. Ryan, come in here. This is I never had anything like this before. We went over to uh, my wife's, uh, one of my wife's co-workers invited us over for dinner. And you ever heard of hot pots? Hot pots. I don't think so. Hot pots is where you have two burners on the table Mm -hmm. and you have a pot of boiling water on each one. And there's a whole bunch of food, uncooked food, chicken, (sighs) scallops, shrimp, there's like a like a Chinese bacon, uh beef, uh dumplings, tofu, spinach, bok choy, all this wow. different food. And what you do is the first thing you do is you go over and they have like a like a like a sauce bar and you put together your dip and mix. And that's a combination of like soy sauce, oyster sauce, uh sesame oil. Yeah. You put together your blend. Some stuff is a little more spicy. And then you make your dish, your dipping dish. And then you go to the hot pot and you take whatever you want and you drop it in the pot, like scallop, beef, you know, put it all chicken, (laughs) put it all in the pot. And it cooks very quickly. When it rises to the top, it's finished. And then you take it, put it in your plate and you dip it in your sauce and you eat. It was amazing. Wait, so, so everyone's using the same hot pots though? So it's just food in a pot. I get like do you, you have, have like chopsticks or like what are you using to like fish it back out? Is it like the same one you're using? To oh put no, it in you have mouth, like or? no, you don't put you don't you don't use your fork to do it. Oh, okay. you have like you know you have like a like a stick like a serving, stick. and okay. you have the you know the net you know like the did you put in the water to fish it out? Yeah, you have those. Oh, okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I so it's just boiling water. So whatever yeah. you do, and, and it's like the the way the pots are, they have compartments. So like you would have your compartment. Oh, and then you take your whatever you want to put in, and as soon as it cooks in seconds, yeah. rises to the top, you take it out, put in your dipping sauce. We must have ate for like three hours. <laughs> and it was so friggin', but it was good. It was amazing. Yeah. And uh, he tells me, Dennis, one of the, the hosts, saying they have, uh, they're starting, these restaurants are springing up all over the place. Oh, so it's good. It's like kind of like a new phenomenon. I mean, I've heard of like hibachi, which is like, it's not the same thing, but like that's as close like to that as I've probably gotten. Where where uh-huh. you're like you know kind of like picking and choosing what you want. Um, and they could you know, they'll cut it up and cook it for you. Yeah. No, no. This is you put it in the pot, you wait for it to rise, and you take it out yourself. That's so cool. Yeah. So then, did, so then, what was your go to thing? Like, what was your spice mix for your your dipping sauce? I have no idea. I used uh, I used some oyster sauce. I used some soy sauce. I used some garlic. I used some uh, mm-hmm. like there's a spice that goes in it. Uh, you got to be, you got to balance it because, you know, it could be too salty or it could be too hot or it could be too spicy, but I found the blend 
And after that, then whatever you take, like the beef, mm-hmm. you dunk it in there, or the or the shrimp, or the you know, the, and they also have like the noodles. You go put the noodles in there, and yeah. it cooks so fast. But you, it's it's <laughs> one of those deals where like instead of eating, you're grazing. Because you're yeah. constantly throwing meat in there and taking it out. Meat <laughs> in it. Uh, and then, then we had dessert afterwards. But and were, you, were you taking the dessert and you tipping it into the hot pot? No, no, the dessert <laughs> did not go into the hot pot. Uh, I, 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 I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. But I can't wait to do it again. Wait, what? So, like, now that you've had hot pot, what's one thing you kind of are like, oh, I'm going to, like, if I have my own hot pot, I'm going to, like, bring that next time? They have, like, a... It's like a brisket bacon kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of smoked and spicy, and you put that in there, and it's really good. But like the, the, the scallops, shrimp, uh, beef, chicken. Yeah. And in the beginning, like, he started us off. Uh-huh. And he said, oh, you guys are on your own now. Eat. Like, <laughs> da, 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 and everybody was, like, going crazy. But it was, um, I never saw anything like it. Yeah. And it is the best that that definitely it probably I mean with that whole experience of like cooking the food and it takes time to eat you like there's there's definitely something there like chemically with the other people around you and you know yeah. what, what goes on with that and you're not waiting for any I mean you're waiting but you're not you know what I mean because yeah. you're sitting there you're throwing it in and it, it rises it's not like we're gonna wait for the chef to bring it out it's gonna <laughs> take a half hour or no yeah here it is throw it in take it out and go for it and yeah. all night long people were just dropping it in and taking it out. Yeah, uh, and uh, like I said, it was we brought some home to the kids, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> they didn't, you know. We bring it home in the takeout, but I mean, when you're sitting there and you're doing it and it's coming out, and and you and while you're eating, you're dropping stuff in conversation, eating, dropping. Oh, it was amazing. That's so cool. So then, are you going to try and recreate that at your house now? You think, or or you know, you're going to? I'm going to wait to be invited back. <laughs> you're going to wait to be invited back. <laughs> We're going to invite them over and, and wait. <laughs> Uh, but they really had it together. These guys yeah. knew what they were doing. But yeah, I definitely want to try it at the house. Uh, you got you to you gotta do it right, though. There's special pots and stuff you got to do. You can't right. just like stick the sauce throw, pot throw in like the oven. An Italian <laughs> sauce pot of boiling water. Throw it in. What do you want? You could, you could do that. Okay, Italian hot pot. You get like a nice boiling pot, either of water or of like red sauce or something, right? And you take your sausage or your meatball and you put it in there. And No, you're boiling it, though. You couldn't do that. Cause, you like, couldn't? No, you don't boil sausage and meatballs. Uh, you could. You, uh, you it burns. It, but <laughs> you, you got, no, you gotta, you gotta put stuff that's boiled because you're yeah. it's boiled beef. It's the whole thing is you're boiling it and then you're taking what you've taken out boiled, yeah, and putting it in the dipping sauce for the flavor. Oh, okay, so then it, maybe yeah. you could make the dipping sauce the red sauce then, and you use pasta as your thing instead of your. You meat. could do that. Yeah, you right. put it into the water and it boils, and you know you. It's already it being done. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you kind of wait a minute. Now work with me here. Well, We're talking about the uh, the Asian food. Well, I well they have noodles too. Yeah, lo mein. Yeah, and they have a hot pot, but you don't, you don't. But the idea of the Italian and putting the, the pasta in the hot pot—that's already <laughs> happening. That's not well, exactly reinventing the well, wheel. Well, yes, but now it's it's a more concentrated, a specific experience. You know, you're using like fresh pasta. You know, so it's coming up in just like a minute. It's not taking the eight minutes like so the box doing that. Yeah, yeah, you got to stir it and all that. Yeah. No, but the uh, but this 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 was amazing. Yeah, uh, I would highly I would highly recommend it. All right, now, look at this. I was going to do the topic, but it's already, <laughs> right? Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Your topic is going pretty good here. Thank you. Uh, name a t- Who left a TV show that either made you stop watching the show or give me a TV show that survived major characters leaving the TV show? How about that? Yeah. 
Like who? Like who left the show? Oh my God! What are we gonna do? Like the Connors. I mean, yeah. as great as Roseanne was, the show continues on and continues to get ratings without the main star, which yeah. is a testament to the other the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, Family Guy it didn't work. They got rid of Brian for for a little bit. Remember? And they got his ass right back right in back there a few as episodes quickly later. as possible. Is fast traffic busy? One hundred one point five. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5. Tucker Carlson out at Fox. Uh, who left the show that made you uh, stop watching the show? Or give me a show that survived someone major leaving the show. 1-800-283-101.5. I'm wondering what Tucker Carlson's leaving does for like the ratings of Gutfeld at night. He's like number one because uh, he's beating the other late night shows, but he got a great lead in. So now uh, who's going to be replacing him and what does that do for the rest of the day? Vince is in New Egypt on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Vince. Hey, what's up, Steve? How are we doing tonight? Good. How about you, pal? Good, good, man. Can't complain for a Monday, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, my show is uh, it's The Office when um, and Steve Carell left. How did they? Uh, you know what? It took so long to get that. You know why he left? I I mean I know he was on for seven seasons. I just read, and yeah. then the show only lasted two more seasons after that, and then it was canned. You know, but no, I don't know why he left to begin with. He asked for more money. They said no. Oh, okay. It's well, something that simple. That they like they didn't believe. NBC or whoever the company was didn't believe that he was that important to the show. That when he asked for more money, how stupid are they, right? When he asked for more money, they said, no, he goes, all right, well, then I guess I leave. And he, and he did. Yeah, he, he was the whole heart of that show. And believe me, I've seen, I've seen pretty much every episode, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he made that show. Oh, I got, yeah. You know, and every Office fan can admit to you that Steve Carell made that show and uh, it just obviously it was like a whole nother show once he left, and you know I think they had like Will Ferrell and like somebody else like play James like James Spader. Off, but... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, nah, like Steve Carell was the whole heart of that show, and uh, you know that's a perfect one... example. You know, The Office yeah. is the perfect example of when somebody leaves the show and they stop watching it. Because, yeah, exactly, because that's, that's a good one, Vince. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Anthony is in Staten Island. What's up, Anthony? Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Uh, my show is The Dukes of Hazard. I don't know if you remember The Dukes of Hazard. I don't know if you watched it when you were younger. I remember it. I didn't watch it. I do remember Daisy Duke. Oh, who, who could who could forget Daisy Duke? Exactly. Remember <laughs> Daisy Duke. Uh, so now they replaced Bo and Luke with yeah with characters Coy uh, and Vance. They were cousins or something. Oh man! And uh, the show just went downhill, and it was a contract dispute, of course. And they ended up getting them back, and the show came back after that. But during that whole Coy and Vance thing, the ratings went way down. Yeah, you have to know. I mean, they should they should know better. You know that that's a good one, Anthony. Thanks for the call to New Jersey one hundred one point five. Remember when Andy Griffith left the show? He left the Andy Griffith show at number one. They obviously couldn't keep it the Andy Griffith show, but they didn't want to kill Mayberry, so they had Ken Berry come in playing Sam Jones, 
And Clint Howard, Ron Howard's little brother, played his son. And they still managed to be able to keep Floyd and Howard Sprague and Goober and mm. and B, I think, stayed on. But they, you know, and there was no more Andy Griffith on the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> but who you got for me? Uh, so actually, I do have a, a thing from the app chat. This is B in Colorado Springs, all the way from the Midwest. Huh? Here is a recent one. My friends and I have stopped watching Impractical Joker since Joe left. Really? Yeah. Oh, we got we to gotta talk to Murr about that. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get Murr on again. See what he thinks. But I, I totally get that. I mean, like reality TV shows, that's like a, that's also another one. I mean, uh, we, someone earlier mentioned uh, the, the game show when Drew, uh, The Price is Right. Price is Right. Uh, like, I mean, with reality TV shows, it's kind of built around that personality, even the game shows. And so, yeah, it is a huge uh, switch. Well, you know what? The, the Impractical Jokers, it's almost like... Even though they are reality, mm -hmm. I don't think of them. They could easily have been cast as a sitcom because they're four guys that, because they're so close, you consider, you know, you're in love with them because they're your best friends. Yeah. They act, they welcome, and you, you've Murray's been here. Oh, yeah. yeah. He wel you, they welcome you in, and you feel like you're part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see somebody. It's not, it's not like, you know, where four guys were thrown together yeah. entering a reality contest. These are four guys that grew up together. Yeah. So when they do their thing, you feel like, you know, you feel like you're part of it. And uh, Joe's doing very well. Chris Johnston, my friend, the comedian, opens for him. Uh, around Sal, he's opening for him around the country. And Murr's been here. And um, they're going to be on Thursday night. And it's very, very possible my good friend Bob Forsack could be actually be in this episode. So we'll have to wait and see. But 1-800-283-101.5. Who left a TV show? Let's see. I'm looking over here. Uh, Johnny Carson, says Justin. When Johnny Carson left The Tonight Show, I wonder how many people stopped watching late night television. Uh, here's one. I wonder how many people stopped watching late night television when uh, uh, Jay Leno left. Or uh, if people are not watching late night television now, it's not because of who left. It's because of what late night television has become, which is horrendous. You know, it used to be, uh, you know, it used to be funny. You know, originally late night television was uh, news. And then Steve Allen got it. And there's a history of late night TV that CNN did. Steve Allen got it, started bringing in comedians and uh, musicians and stuff. And I saw the CNN thing and said, well, I know comedians and musicians. We started bringing them in here. <laughs> and uh, then uh, Ernie Kovacs had it for a while. Mm -hmm. And then J Jack Parr got it. And Jack Parr was more political. You'd have John Kennedy on, President Kennedy be on the show. Oh. Uh, then he leaves and they get Johnny Carson. And mm -hmm. then it becomes total entertainment. And it stayed that way through Jay Leno. Uh, and then after that, Conan for about an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jay Leno again. But then, and Jay Leno was interviewed about this, mm -hmm. uh, where it basically, now it's all weaponized. It's not about entertainment. It's become too, way too political. It's become, you know, when, when, when the guests are all politicians and all they're doing is political humor, political jokes, and not even funny. They just want to be <laughs> mean to each other. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the same thing. But uh, people who left the show, this was the perfect one, The Office. Oh. When Carell left The Office, yeah. the show was gutted. Mm. Oh yeah, right? absolutely. He I was mean, how the can show. You have it without Carell. And you know why he left? Because they he asked for more money. They said no. Yeah. She's so like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, I guess I leave then. Right. 
Yeah, but right. that, but you think about some of the shows, like Roseanne, mm -hmm. you know, when Roseanne left, that gutted the show. You know uh, another one I thought of? I don't know if anyone brought it up. What about when Chris Maloney left SVU for the first time? Yeah. I don't know about that because he was great on that show. They tried. It took a while to figure that out. Yeah. You know, but you see, but Law and & Order and SVU and the many different incar incarnations of Law & Order, mm -hmm. they were constantly changing characters. And that kind of made the show more real because that's what happens in real life. Yeah, absolutely. When, when the practice changed. They would, remember the practice? Sure, sure. And Dylan McDermott and, Battle, Dylan McDermott and Kelly Williams both left. Mm -hmm. And Lara Flynn Boyle. Like, they were their heart and soul. They were the nucleus of the show. Yeah. And David E. Kelly, you know, budget cuts, wiped them all out. Mm. And we're going to bring in James Spader. And he said, no one is going to like James Spader in their living room. Show goes, boing! Yeah. Boston Legal! Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they gutted, like, and David Kelly's explanation was, well, in real life, people leave law firms. Yeah. And that's what this is. <laughs> 10.30. New Jersey. 101.5, Steve Trevelis. Ryan Bissell hanging out. What's going on? Very much. Wednesday night, you'll be back. Yes, sir. And we get the trivia with the uh, Gemini. Uh, Justin, I think, will be here. All right. Uh, Rick Adana, I think, will be here. Jeffrey Paul will not be here. Uh -oh. He's uh, going to be at Daryl Hall's place with uh, our friend Jimmy Palumbo. He's at Daryl's place instead of Steve's place. He's at Daryl's place, really. <laughs> Maybe Oates will show up. I don't know. <laughs> All right. The Hall of Oats. The Hall of Oats. Are you ready? I think so. I've got news for you. Excellent news. Now it's time for Headlines and Trevlines. I read the news today. Oh, boy. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. As Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind-blowing news. As only Steve can. What the hell's going on out here? Yes. The rats have met their match. And the rats have met their match. And her name is Kathleen Corradi. Uh, New York City is waging its war against rats, and the woman in elected in charge is named Kathleen Corradi, and she has been uh, appointed as the New York City Rat Czar. The Rat Czar. So uh, it's going to be her job <laughs> to try. Armed with cheese. <laughs> yes. We send her into the slums of New York. <laughs> Armed to the, the teeth with cheese and, and traps. Now, so she is a former elementary school teacher. Um, not a rodentologist, and she's going to be earning... A rodentologist? That's, that's someone who's an expert in rodents. Really? Yeah. And uh, she will earn a salary of $155,000 a year to try and coordinate the battle against the New York City rats. So, she's a kindergarten teacher. A former, ele former, former elementary school teacher. And she's going to now take on the rats of New York. Absolutely. Um, but uh, she says that she has a lot of unique experiences that qualify her for her official role as the citywide director of rodent mitigation. Rodent mitigation? Rodent mitigation. And so there's a little picture. Rodentologist. Rodent mitigation. Yeah. And so the NYC Sanitation Instagram page with a little blue check mark, not, not Twitter, mm -hmm. um, says, uh, ways set out times change April 1st. Send the rats packing. And there's a little brown mouse holding a little, a little, uh, uh, bag in his hand. The rat's packing was a little Frank Sinatra rat and a Sammy Davis Jr. rat and a Dean Martin rat. What's she going to do? Like, is she going to like play the flute and they're all going to just follow her out? Like, <laughs> That's my piper into the sea. I mean, good luck with that. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I don't even know how you'd come, you'd combat rats. It seems like right now they're I'm taking the rats and giving the points. <laughs> and it's, oh, here we go. It says that this is just one of the city's multi-million dollar uh, campaigns to fight against the, the rat, uh, 
population, and it also includes a three and a half million dollar Harlem Rat Mitigation Zone uh, that will Harlem Rat Mitigation Zone. Yes, and that will have a dedicated staff to tackle the issue, so it won't just be the rat czar. Mm-mm. I'm so glad I don't live in New York. Yeah, let, let us all thank God. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't live in New York. Have you ever Amen. had? To, have you ever had to deal with rats or mice? Mm, mice, yes. Rats, no. Yeah, mice when you live in a suburb, is mice are. Yeah, they're always around. Yeah, I get rid of them. Uh, I'm lucky. They I, I, the dog helps. I don't have. Oh, okay. Doyle so, had a big mice problem. Yeah, I don't have a mice problem. Do you, do you catch and release, or are you like kill it and get it? catch and release? Well, yeah. So, so <laughs> like you get the live catch things, or are you like you know kill it and then like dump it? Uh, you know what? They don't come in. We put the we put the food, and mm-hmm. then they take that and may go outside, and they got to drink water, and that's uh, you know, they're done. There you go. Well, I, there was one that I had. If my, I catch and release, they're going to come back in, right? <laughs> well, I, what I would do is I catch one, I kill yeah. one, and I put the carcass by the front door. <laughs> and then every rat has to step over the carcass to be <laughs> uh, just to show what can happen. That's the Italian way of killing a mouse. You chop its you, head off, stick it in their kill, bed. You put the right. You put the mouse head in the other mouse's bed. You put the you put the carcass of the mouse by the door. So when he comes, he's got to step over the body to get in. That gives him pause. You see, pause. I see what you did there. You see, pause. <laughs> you see, actually, something similar happened. I walked out of my door today, and there was just a dead wasp sitting right a there. Wasp. Yeah, right there, right in front of the door. And I haven't well, seen yeah. any other wasps, so I'm just thinking to myself, he's thinking, where are the rest? He's thinking, going, I ain't going near that guy. Look at that. Yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, so next up here, we got ju- uh, jury selected in Ed Sheeran's music copyright case, one of a few he's had now. Uh, his, he's stealing music? He's not stealing music. But he was in that Yesterday movie with the when the Indian guy with the Beatle music. You ever see that? I, I, you know, I wanted to see that one. but oh, then it was pretty cool. I thought it was might not be that good because as soon as it came out, like, nobody talked about it. So I was a little worried. It went on movies. It was it was weird. Yeah. It was a really weird movie. But what's great about the movie is that it opens up Beatle music to yet another generation. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's like uh, the Queen movie and the Elton John movie and all Well, those. that just became too much. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, well, I mean, basically, the, the Elton John movie, it was just, you know, there was, there was so much left out of the story of Elton John. Mm-hmm. Other than the only thing he put in, Elton John was a rocker who was gay, <laughs> and this is his. This, these are the problems he had being gay, and I'm like, well, that could have been anybody. Yeah. I mean, where was the story of Elton John and getting John and Yoko back together? Where was the story of Elton John saving Billy Joel's life by taking him on tour and getting him sober? Where was the story of Elton John and Princess Di? Elton See, John and uh, Ryan White. I could go well, on and on. Well, then you got to. Well, then you got to get you know Billy Joel to sign off on an actor that's gonna look like Billy Joel, and you got to get the estate of. Well, John that's what you do. You want to do it? You got to do it, right? Well, yeah, but I don't know if, yeah. you're, if you're ever gonna get Billy Joel to sign off on anyone with his likeness. I mean, he's. No. You know, you his ghost is going to be fighting for the rights to his music. No, you don't need to do that. You just sign. You just, you know, you have uh, ASCAP BMI. How does that work? The hall pays for it, right? Do you pay the fees? I got no idea. But no, but that's, you know, you're making a movie. Yeah. So you could, that's why it's so hard to make movies on on people. Because like the rockers, the lives are so complex. You couldn't, they, they've tried to make Sinatra movies. Ray Liotta played them once. Yeah. Uh, they tried to make John Lennon movies. Beatle movies, it's so hard because they were so big that you can't tell the story in two hours. Yeah. Same thing with the Queen movie. Like the Queen movie was so, it was so many, it was so untrue. 
Well, it wasn't untrue. They really? just rearranged so much of it. Freddie Mercury, did you see the movie? I did, actually, yeah. All right. Freddie Mercury did not find out that he had AIDS until two years after Live Aid. Really? They were not broken up. They were on tour. They'd come back. They would tour in the Queen Greatest Hits album. Yeah. And then they go and they do Live Aid. Uh, there was so many. You can go on YouTube. You can go on you can Google yeah. fallacies in Bohemian Rhapsody. And the list will pop up. Because I watched it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like in tears. Going, it's going to be the, the big <laughs> show at the end. And he tells me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I was around for this. This didn't happen. What the hell? And then I went, I go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Did it make you feel old watching the Queen movie, though, and having them be like, this happened back in time and you were there for it? I can't believe how much time has gone by. But yeah. you know the difference, though? In the 70s, you would have never played anything from the 20s and 30s. In the 80s, you may have played stuff from World War II. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, you know, hey, turn this on on the weekends. The music's 30, 40, 40, 50 years old. Yeah, I mean, we're still hot. We still love it. We still play it, and we still everybody listens to it. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 not like it's that distant, even though it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is it? Twenty three. We're at twenty twenty three. That's just as far away from the year two thousand as nineteen seventy seven. So think about that. Man, it's New Jersey one hundred one point five. Steve Trebleese. All right, Thursday night I'm not going to be here, but Wednesday night I am in Trevia. Music, movies, television, New Jersey, New Jersey 101.5. Gemini will be here. And uh, Justin will be here. I think Mark's going to be here. I'm not really sure. The whole fabulous uh, laugh pack. Yes, the, the laugh pack. The, the most of the laugh pack. <laughs> uh, the rats will not be here. They'll be in New York getting exterminated by the uh, by the commissioner. Yes. Uh, the rats. The rats. <laughs> All right. So uh, what else we got going on? Um, so actually, I only got to start the uh, the the Ed Sheeran uh, story here. Yes. So yeah, his song, his 2016 Grammy Award winning song, "Thinking Out Loud." Um, the the people who are suing him is uh, let's see here. It says Townsend. I don't remember who the Townsend. Pete Townsend. I think it's Pete Townsend's daughter, uh, Catherine Townsend Griffin, and then Helen McDonald in the estate of his. Uh, is he claiming he stole it from Pete Townsend? No, Sherigale Townsend. I'm trying to find things. And Marvin Gaye is the other person it's important to. Um, got to give it up. Uh, their song Blurred Got Line. to give it up is Marvin Gaye song. Yeah, and that was for the song Blurred Line. Sorry, I'm getting confused okay. here because I had to restart. Uh, oh. My bad. You want me to play the commercial again? If you want to. Okay. No, I'm sorry. My brain's just dumping That's it here. Right. Uh, so we got here. So they're claiming that Ed Sheeran is uh, yeah. borrowing music. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though. Because uh, we were talking about this in the break about, you know, the different indie music and all. Mm. You know the Bare Naked Lady song that has all been done? No, but I know their one song. You well, know, the one song is One Week. Step but Outside. There's another, there's another song called It's All Been Done. Uh -huh. And uh, do you think it has? Is, is it possible that, you know, you know we've had what, uh, 50, 60, 70 years of rock and roll now? Is it possible that it's all been done? Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, that. That's kind of what this article is leading up to. Ed Sheeran released a statement back with it, and he said it's really damaging to the songwriting industry. There's only so many notes and very few chords used in pop music. Coincidence is bound to happen if 60,000 songs are being released every day on Spotify. That's 22 million songs per year, and there's only 12 notes that are available. He but said, you can't use that as a defense because it's your job to figure out 
how to do something that nobody else is doing. Well, he's just one guy with the guitar, though. So I guess. You no, know, so is everybody else. Well, I guess that they're not all being sued. Actually, a lot of people are being sued. Taylor Swift got uh, sued in 2017 for for "Shake It Off." Uh, how did it come out? It settled and dismissed later the, uh, last year. Uh, mm -hmm. Led Zeppelin was sued in 2014 over its iconic tune "Stairway to Heaven" by the late Randy California. Mm -hmm. um, what was his problem? Uh, he claimed. Uh, oh, it doesn't explain why. Him, listen to this. Listen to the words. This is, uh, and of course, I got to send a video, right? But just this is uh, bare naked ladies, and it's called "It's All Been Done." And when I heard it, listen to the verse. It, it's just so true. Yeah. You know, is it possible? Like you've reached the end of the internet? Listen to the words. Same song, written a million times. Yeah. Right? Listen, listen. It's I love the middle eight. This amazing? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, where? Hold on. They drowned in the cat. They got the cat in the water. <laughs> is this the video? This is the video. Oh, okay. That's right. You saw the video? Oh, no. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's a cool thing. Right. Can't say someone copied your song now. Yeah, here, here comes the middle eight. Yeah. This is the part that gets me. If I put my fingers yeah. here, and if I say I love you, dear, and if I play these same three chords, will you just yawn and yeah. say it's all been done? <laughs> That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know we're right behind the clock, but real quick. So I figured out what the Townsend is. It's Ed Townsend, who is the oh, beneficiary. Ed Townsend. Yeah, that was really confusing. I, there's so many Townsends from the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's for thinking out loud and infringing on let's get it on. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then real quick, a, a real famous one that I didn't realize existed. John Fogarty versus John Fogarty. Uh, so he was part of Creedence Clearwater Revival CCR, and he wrote the song Run Through the Jungle. Fifteen years later, when he was no longer part of the band, he released the song old, The Old Man Down the by old the man Road. The Old Man Down the Road. I remember that whole story. The label for Creedence Clearwater Revival then sued him, so he brought his a guitar song. for his own song. So he came into court with the guitar, sat down and played both songs on the guitar, mm -hmm. and he wound up winning. Run through the jungle. I don't. Wasn't that a '50s song? I'm not. I thought that. No, no. Uh, I think. No, wait a minute. I think it was. We'll, we'll solve that tomorrow because we got to get out of here. <laughs> Great job, man. This has been the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.